everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the MinMax Show podcast. I'm Ben Hansen, and this is a place about games, friends, getting better. I'm joined by Kyle Hilliard. Hello. I'm joined by Jeff Marquia Fava. Hello. I'm joined by Janet Garcia. Hello. And fun fact, if you actually check the pitch on that with, I don't know what device, I assume something that looks like the Ghostbusters PKG meter or something, you'll see that it yeah, was perfectly... Yeah, like you use the tune guitar. Yeah. Right, that's perfectly in pitch. Um, hello, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to a big episode of the podcast. We have way too much to talk about on this episode of the podcast. It's going to be a packed one. Plus, full heads up, Janet, I blame you partially because you're connected to Kind of Funny. And there sure. is there is rumbling of some gigantic news that's about to drop at any second. So if we're completely out of date with this podcast, it's not my fault. It's Greg Miller's fault. Well, there's there's <laughs> uh, uh-huh. NASA was teasing some announcement today. Is that what it's related to? I don't know. I don't know. Janet, do you have any insight into they this? They found or, aliens. Or, that's not important. Jeff, Jeff Rubnow. Keep it down, I don't please. have any insight. And if I did have any insight, I wouldn't say what okay. I had. All right. Well, at any point, so you can just shout. That nixes the thing I just said also. So there you go. Very confusing. Well, hey, uh, we have so much to talk about on this episode of the podcast, but before we get to any of it, any of it whatsoever, we have an announcement to make because it's the season of announcements. Uh, We are ready, everybody, to announce what game we're tackling next for the deepest dive. Are you ready, Jeffum? Ready, sir. Here we go, everybody. The next deepest dive will be, drumroll, please. That's right, everybody. No one saw it coming. It's Chrono Cross, the big what? remaster of Chrono Cross. If you know your Min Max history, um, and we're going to quiz you on it later if you claim you do, back in 2020, it was right at the start of 2020, we did the deepest dive on Chrono Trigger and had a blast. And so many people with that deepest dive were screaming, Do Chrono Cross next, you cowards! Come on, Chrono Cross! Now, I love Chrono Cross. I have not played this game. Uh, since it originally came out, so it's been 22 years, I suppose, somewhere around there since I've played this thing. Um, and we were holding out because we wanted to do it, but we wanted to get to the point where maybe these rumors of a remaster would come true. And now it is officially happening, everybody. So we're not going to reveal the full cast of who's going to be joining us for this, but I will say Kyle Hilliard will be joining us. Yeah, and- first time... Play, I've only played it probably like three hours. That's the most Chrono Cross I've played. I always get stuck at the start screen and just let that loop for a while. It's so before beautiful. Before I actually go play the game. And you played it like back in the day for like three hours? Yeah, like I, I had the PS1 disc and a PlayStation. Oh, I think perfect. I played it on a PlayStation 2 if you want to like, you know, time and place it. And but. I do very much so. Um, but yes, this is Chrono Cross, everybody. So we are tackling this. It is going to be out on absolutely everything on April 7th. It is going to be a four-parter. This is going to be a fun marathon for The Deepest Dive. If you're not familiar with The Deepest Dive, it's a huge community game club discussion. You can submit your thoughts on the game and play along with us, and then we'll read it during our discussion by supporting us at any tier on Patreon. Otherwise, if you want to unlock the podcast version of this discussion, you can support us at the $5 tier on Patreon. Otherwise, um, the full discussion will be up on YouTube as well for your watching convenience, but it's going to be a long one, so we'd appreciate it if you wanted to help support the game club format and jump in to get the podcast version but uh the first stopping point my dear kyle my dearest kyle it's going to be that monday so that's april 11th and the first stopping point for chrono cross is once you complete viper manor viper Viper manor Manor. that is a stopping point for the first discussion um but there's gonna be so much to talk about kyle oh i have so many fond memories about chrono cross i'm looking forward to just 
this being a huge gush fest. And then I'm sure I'm going to hit those moments of like, oh, that's right. This was a JRPG from the PlayStation 1. I'm sure there's going to be some frustrating dungeons and stuff in there. You but, know what? Actually, I'm thinking I, this is crazy to say, but I think it might be the first PS1 JRPG I've, I will have beaten. Oh my god. Alright, so you're very much uh, the rookie in this scenario, and everybody else might, be, sure. might yeah. be ready to love the hell out of this thing. Um, hey, Fingers we crawl. got a community question. Uh, sent the profit. Let's jump in a little bit early. They say, hey, is the new PlayStation Plus model too complicated? Beyond comparing the detail between Game Pass, I think the biggest win is the, is the simplicity of the Game Pass tier versus this three-tier system for the new PlayStation Plus. My bet is that in a year's time, the tiers will be simplified. Alright, that's a great question, Sent. Um... Ultimately, it is a little messy. Probably not too complicated, but there's a Game lot. Game Pass, ultimately? Yeah, I guess that's true, Janet. That's a great way to put it. Um, we should unpack what this thing is. Because this week, uh, the long-rumored PlayStation Spartacus, the way it was being pitched is, hey, this is kind of the competition for Game Pass. This is Sony's attempt to try and get more subscription dollars out of each and every last one of you. Um, this thing was unveiled, and there are now three tiers that are going to be coming later in 2022 for PlayStation Plus. Okay, real quick. PlayStation Plus Essential, which is what you have now. Everything will roughly be the same. PlayStation Plus Extra, that is going to be a bonus thing where it's going to be $15 a month. And also, uh, they say it'll have a catalog of up to 400 of the most enjoyable PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 games. Then there's, and Jeff, I'm hold on to your butt for this one. There's PlayStation Plus Premium, which is going to be $18 a month. And they say this is going to add up to 340 additional games, including PlayStation 3 games, PlayStation 2 games, PlayStation 1 games, um, a lot of stuff. So basically with this, PlayStation Now, which is their whole streaming service, is being combined or thrown out the window. It's all merging together for this reboot of PlayStation Plus. Janet, you seem pretty clued in on this whole ecosystem what was your hot take for the revamp playstation plus coming it's tough because the, my hot take is like the rumor was true which like this leaked like a month ago with like all this almost all the same information um i i don't know i mean i i think it's it is a step in the right direction but yeah. it is still not enough i think especially with it being yeah, PS Plus Premium, like the highest tier, which is, you know, like I said, 18 or 120 a year. Like right. it's the same deal of like it's cheaper if you buy the year. Um, that's essentially what you were paying if you had PS Now and PS Plus. So like for oh, okay. people that had PS Now, like this is great because it seems like they might just be adding additional games because like that three, four hundred a number I'm pretty sure is like way higher than the PS4 games that they did have on PS Now and there were no PS5 games on PS Now like when PS Now was a thing mm. so like that's in that's in addition you know which it's called extra so like that's a little bit of extra for you but the PS Plus Premium is basically it's like they split PS Now in half put it in two different tiers but then also like made it a little bit better so yeah. like overall again it's it is more enticing than what they had with PS Now because it's better marketing, it's more cohesive, and they've also like split it up a little bit so that if you don't want to like just go all in on like what feels like just a streaming service, even though you can download some of the games, but a lot of people just remember, oh, PS Now, that's that stream thing, right? Like it was sort of just forever tainted from that so even though this totally. is offering a lot of the same things it's kind of a refresh and it gets people to at least maybe consider that extra tier or pulling the you know like 
finally like not pulling the plug, but like making the jump right to premium where like those same people might not have just also bought PS now, even totally. though it's essentially almost the same service. Um, I think that, the big thing, though, is going to be what does that library look like? What are these games actually going to be? And are they like interesting enough that you want to make that leap? The confusing phrasing here that I'm still trying to wrap my brain around is when they say up to 400 games. And it's like, well, anybody could oh, say that. Weird. Up to an infinite amount of games will be coming in the subscription. And so I feel like once they start revealing what is actually going to be in that catalog, that's going to be a whole other push for this. And especially once they start really tugging on the nostalgic strings for like, and the heartstrings for the PlayStation Plus premium thing of like, hey, just think you could have all these PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2 games ready to go. Uh, Jeff, um, did this uh, move a needle for you? Um... Yeah, I mean, honestly, in a weird way, I think the as I was reading through the tiers mm-hmm. and I got to that, you know, I read the second tier. OK, that's where you, you know, that's kind of the Game Pass ultimate equivalent or whatever, but not quite as good as Game Pass. Um, and and then when I read the third tier, I was like, oh, thank God, I don't have to worry about that one, because <laughs> honestly, like I don't I don't care about going back and playing old PS2 and PS1 games. It's it's weird that that was kind of like the enticer for like the yeah, big... that is the exciting the, thing. The most expensive tier. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if you're aware of this, Jeff. It's, this it's not doing anything for me because I didn't own a PS1 and PS2. I, I don't have a bunch of love for those games. But it's also like those are going to be the ones that translate worse. Like, like, the, like I want to play, you know... The modern games, that's that's what's going to be the biggest drive for me of whether I'm going to buy into this ecosystem. But maybe this is finally your chance to really embrace that PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2 catalog of games, man. They, I'm, I'm sure they all look beautiful. It well, is. look, they got a certain charm to them. But if you're interested... Look, Puppeteer in th- holds up. It doesn't stream well, though, so it, I'm still not going to play it on there. But and Nothing streams well. I, I'm no, so underwhelmed jungle, by this I think thing. Was fine, though I might have downloaded that one. I don't remember. I'm so underwhelmed by this that it's actually making me re-examine if I even want to keep paying for PlayStation Plus. What? Like, really? I, wow. Yeah. Like, I just don't care. I, I'm so confused. I mean, like, I feel like I'm really coming off negative here, but I don't even understand why there was excitement around it. Like, it's just another subscription service. Like, I don't know. It just, I don't, maybe I was just in a bad mood when it was announced, but I was like, this is, I don't care about any of this. I think I'm going to cancel PlayStation Plus. That's like how underwhelmed I am by it all. I think the reason there's excitement is because Game Pass is seen as objectively the greatest deal in the history of gaming like yeah and this is like the opposite it's it's backwards <laughs> facing it like it's right. all looking towards behind us where game pass the, the positive benefit of game pass is it's like it puts really interesting indies in front of you that you don't have to pay for, that you don't feel like you have to pay for and like i said maybe i'm just in a bad mood about all this but like it really turned me off in a weird way i was i was kind of surprised how like bad a taste it left in my mouth honestly i was like i don't want any of this <laughs> I, I i think the, the thing is like the big question mark is still what is going to be in that middle tier in yeah. terms of the selection of games and and i think we are all confident in saying it's not going to be day and date with sony's big releases right that you is know, like, yeah. like it, it may be a mid like kind of a b tier releases may you know they may push indie or you know like sony exclusives if they're not they don't well, they've said explicitly the- we won't see like first party Sony stuff, right? Well, like on, on day clear. one. So what they did on say, okay. it seems like it's getting close though. So they said the Death Stranding is going to be in there, God of War, Marvel Spider Man, Spider Man Miles Morales, which is a good get, uh, Mortal Kombat 11, which sure I think that's everywhere. Um, Returnal though, Kyle, don't you want a chance to play Returnal? 
Yeah, the game I bought. And yeah, don't owned. you want a chance to play it again? <laughs> um, so that's going to be in there. So they're they're inching closer. But uh, GamesIndustry.biz had an interview with uh, big old Jim Ryan from uh, PlayStation, and uh, they're obviously asking him about like, hey. The reason we like Game Pass is because like Microsoft throws all of their games right when they launch in there, and it's amazing. And so uh, Jim Ryan said to GameIndustry.biz, in terms of putting our own games into this service or any of our services upon the release, as you well know, this is not a road that we've gone down in the past, and it's not a road that we're going to go down with this new service. We feel if we were to do that with the games that we make at PlayStation Studios, that virtuous cycle of production will be broken. The level of investment that we need to make in our studios would not be possible, and we think the knock-on effect on the quality of the games we make would not be something that gamers want. Which is an interesting take. Obviously, he understands the cost of production better than I do, and maybe that says something about the strength of Sony's first party versus Microsoft's first party strength right now, at least. Obviously, they're, they're poised to annihilate with how many potential exclusives they can get in the future. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, Microsoft just spent $70 billion on their first party games, and they're still figuring out how to make it work into a subscription. But I, I guess I, I, can, I can appreciate that take on it of like, well, we spend a ton of money on these first party games, you know, like they are beloved by pretty much everyone. And, and we don't want to mess with that formula yet. This, this really feels like we have one step in the pool. Now we'll see how it does revenue wise. And we can figure out from there. That's exactly it. Yeah. And he also said, um, I think, (laughs) I don't know what the follow-up question was from Gary Industry is probably just like really though because he said hey the world is waning the way, the way the world is changing so very quickly at the moment nothing is forever who would have said even four years ago that you would see AAA PlayStation IP being published on PC so he's very much leaving the door open for like if this thing takes off or it feels like we are far behind or so many people jump in that we can sustain spending hundreds of millions of dollars on these first-party games then maybe they would eventually get to it yeah but the the weird thing about it is like well how how are they going to quantify that though? Like if, yeah. if it becomes a big hit and they're still selling you these games on top of that subscription, then what point would there be to just start rolling those into the subscription? Yeah, It would almost have to do poorly, but then at that point it's like, well, I don't know. Like, so what, so what now we're going to cut, cut the, the revenue that we get from selling first party games and tie it into this thing that isn't doing well. They're, it doesn't seem to be a good way to quantify how you're going to change that in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so we ran a Twitter poll from the Minimax account just to see. Where oh, Twitter at. polls! How we decide? Hell yeah! <laughs> that's that's the what they do. Future is Twitter polls. You listening, um, Tim Terry. <laughs> but I asked, like, hey, uh, what, what are you going to go with? What tier are you jumping for? Thirty-two uh, percent say they're going to stay where they are. PlayStation Plus Essential. Thirteen point five are going for PlayStation Plus Extra which is, you know, the PS4 and PS5 games, 23.4 are going to go all in with the PlayStation Plus Premium. So, Jeff, um, that's the percentage of people that are interested in retro games. So that's why you're wrong. I was really surprised to see, because I also, I ran essentially the same poll on my Twitter, and the results were also the same. Um, So there you have it. We have no other tests needed. That is the opinion of gamers. Mm -hmm. But I think, because I'm like, well, I feel like, the PS Plus Premium, like, what are the odds of me playing, like, those old games? Well, how many of them can I even download that I'm going to want to play? And then, like, you know, what, like, what's the point? Like, it's fine. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm not going to get that tier, because maybe I will, but I'm not, like, you know, oh my god, this is clearly the best choice for me, personally, as a player. Um, I thought the Plus Extra was, like, 
way more appealing or intriguing. Um, I think the reason that almost no one goes for the second is it's the like the soda thing, like which is a large upsell. It's like, oh, only 20 more dollars a year and I get the large. So why am I like and also PS Plus Premium? You don't have to think. Um, and it's that's the, with the other ones. It's like, oh, do I want like just to keep my base one? Do I want to get the other one and then wait and see? They're like, what if I just got the third one and we just I give you one hundred twenty dollars and I don't got to think about it yeah. and we can just walk away because um, <laughs> these subscriptions are really about having they're not about playing and it's never been about playing the games like you know my gym membership ten dollars a month i haven't been there in a couple months i'll be on you know like uh, i'll have netflix hulu all of them running at once and not have like watched anything in plenty of months like it's there for when you need it and the as long as you have enough i think hits coming in that you like turn and look oh yeah that thing i paid for it has something i want to play if that happens enough i think that's enough to like hold people over we're like pile to your point with ps um well now it's called ps plus essential i also feel like i really just have that so that i don't have to like worry if i ever want to play online because mm-hmm. admittedly i don't play most of those games that i get for free i've either already gotten them or i never wanted them um and people you know get mad that i don't redeem them all but i'm like i'm not gonna play this i've never heard of this game i have no interest in this you game never know there's Janet. no version of myself that's good yeah like you never know i'm like i can't like why am i I'm just redeeming them because like I paid for them already and I'm like, I don't care, (laughs) but you know, I don't know. So that's, I think why the third one seems to be like first stay the same or go third seem to be the most popular options. Honestly, if, if part of like the middle tier bonus was you don't have to redeem them and we'll just add them to your account. Oh, right. (laughs) That's very smart. Uh, By the way, they opened that entire blog post with Jim Ryan um, saying since launching PlayStation plus, in 2010, Sony Interactive Entertainment has been at the forefront of innovation with game subscription services. You're starting as one of those weird moves of like, yeah, okay, you were first and now you're not as good as the other one. Like, you don't get points at this point, dude, just for being like, yeah, but we were first, so here's why you should pay extra attention we're, to this one. But they weren't, they weren't first, yeah. right? PlayStation well, I guess because gold, you it's had to pay blog. for gold. He can write whatever he wants. Right. Oh, interesting. <laughs> you had to pay for gold. Right. Uh, pretty much at the launch of the 360, right? Yeah. But yeah, and PS3 it was the was... PlayStation Plus had the free games. That was yeah. unique to PlayStation. There we go. Pioneers. Yeah, that, that, was their, that was their way of selling the Sony generation of, well, this was free last generation, but now we're giving you a little extra. Yeah. Um, hey, Janet, I opened up, um, hey, I opened up YouTube on my phone the other day. Uh-huh. And, and I okay. saw your face front oh, and center. Yes. And then I looked at it and it was on the PlayStation channel. It was just like this thumbnail of you. I was stunned. Go look us up. Um, well, I assume it's gone now, but it was before Media Molecules Dreams Awards. Like they had the thumbnail for the live stream that was going to go live. And it was mm-hmm. just of your face. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I was like, oh, I guess they didn't make a custom thumbnail for this. I They, should, they probably should <laughs> why, have, why but I'm going to take it. Like, everyone, <laughs> yeah, I got like so many tweets about it. It was really cool. And thank God it's it was not like a horrendous still. Because, you know, as someone that posts on YouTube, like I too see the like mock. Like, do you want to pick this hideous photo of yourself? And I'm like, no, thanks. I'll just upload my own thumbnail. Um, so, yeah, thank God I, I looked normal in it. But yeah, yeah that was that was cool um that doesn't that has nothing, no bearing on my opinion of the playstation tears okay, yeah, i was in the, uh, i was a judge in the impies with uh greg and bless and you know other people involved and stuff so yeah yeah and uh we were asked to be judges in the past i guess we weren't this year jeff but we shouldn't be insulted even though we'd never stop kissing dreams ass we should not be insulted no matter what okay 
Yeah, we did not mention Dreams once last well, year. Well, I, so. I streamed it with Sarah. We streamed all those bad horse games. What you do they want from not. us? You did not. It was great. It was great. <laughs> that was, was that, that never happened. You're confusing Dreams with your actual, the things that you see when you fall asleep again. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just because you have a dream doesn't mean. <laughs> hey, isn't it kind of weird that we like see our dreams when we sleep, but our eyes are closed? Whoa. How high have you gotten? Is uh, that even like legalized where you're at? Or no, like, it's not. But we find ways. We find ways to get around it. Um, let's see. Uh, out this week, we should mention uh, Weird West is coming out on Friday, which Leo talked about a little bit last week on the podcast, and he seems very into it. It's an immersive sim from the co-creator of uh, Dishonored and the co-founder of Arcane. But Jeff, you watched that for New Show Plus this week. Did you have a hot takeaway from Weird yes, West we based on what you um, saw? Yeah, it looks... It looks really interesting. I do. It was the first um, immersive sim that I've seen from that, from like kind of like an isometric perspective. Yeah. Um, and I guess, I guess the one thing that stood out to me and that we got a couple comments in the chat, a lot of people were asking, can you just pause the game? You know, like, is it kind of like real time tactics games? Will yeah. Like pause it and figure stuff out. And you can't do that. But it, he was doing a lot of, a lot of cool looking stuff in there and a lot of different systems interplaying with each other, which you would expect from the genre, but it um, looks really cool. Uh, yeah, I, I don't and know. It's, and it's on Game Pass Ultimate day and date. So there we go, everybody. <laughs> I guess you can check it out. Um, yeah, it feels like maybe the game that Leo Vader is going to be championing is his number one at the end of the year. So we'll see how it all shakes out. Wow. Very he, his alley. <laughs> he, he seemed, um, he wasn't super in love with the combat. Ah, we okay. But he was he was liking everything else that I was doing. So, gotcha. so he's going to play his, more. We'll see. It, it'll be his Riders Republic this yeah, year. They're pretty similar. So. Yeah. It seems like yeah. pretty much the same game. Um, but we should talk about another game, big game that came out. Another big game that came out. This is. <laughs> are you are you doing an auction right now? <laughs> it did sound a little bit. Here's like what that. happens. Here's a, every time I stumble over my own words, I try and cover it up and make it seem like it was intentional, and I was just being silly. I promise to everybody watching, listening, I'm never being silly. I just genuinely have no control <laughs> over my tongue at any point. Uh, but hey, tiny. Tina's Wonderlands is out. Gearbox's uh, hot new game. I've played a little bit. Kyle, you've played a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. Okay, Jeff. Um, I I played it for like two nights. Two nights. Wow. So, and Jeff doesn't sleep, so yeah. that's that's huge. Um, and then Janet, biggest caveat in the world. Uh, yeah, I did sponsored like content with uh, like two K for Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, uh, and I beat the game. So it, it's impressive. There you go. <laughs> okay, so you have a lot of. Thoughts, but uh, everything's with a small asterisk of if you want to factor that in, obviously. Um, yeah. All that fun stuff. Um, Jeff, um, since you were the biggest Borderlands fan here, I think I'm most curious about your take. But let me soften it by jumping in here. I, I genuinely am very early in Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. If you're not familiar, um, it is a new take on basically the Borderlands systems and ideas where it's now based on the DLC for Borderlands 2, which has the character of Tiny Tina kind of walking you through a D&D campaign, uh, except fake D&D. And so it's more fantasy-based, it's very jokey, but you still ultimately have guns. That's a confusing thing. It's like, I thought it was all going to be like pure fantasy to have a bunch of swords and stuff, but you know, they made all these guns for Borderlands. Let's go ahead and just reuse all this uh, with some new skins and stuff like that. But I, I am enjoying this game a lot more than I expected. Like, I would... I'm enjoying this game more than I've enjoyed any Borderlands game. But then, that said, like I'm not a huge Borderlands fan. But Jeff, as somebody who used to love Borderlands, I'm curious for your hot take on this thing. Yeah, I guess I am enjoying it a little more than I expected. Okay, and, there it is. And I, I feel like 
yeah, I feel I feel bad being introduced as the the resident Borderlands fan because I I've really I plateaued probably with the first game and all the DLC that <laughs> okay. came out for it, and then it's I've been slowly cooling on it more and more. But yeah. I was the one who always ended up being the reviewer for it at GI. Um, how much? But, how much of that was like the comedy was turning you off? A fair amount is the comedy, um, which, which I will, I will put on me. Like there, there's, there's a a lot of caveats in this of, I feel like half of it is me and half of it is kind of just the restrictions of the, the form, you know, kind of the, the series as a whole, like the, the limitations that are kind of baked into that kind of game that, that were all the reasons that I loved it. I loved the fact when that, when the first Borderlands came out, had a billion different, you know, guns, which was something that shooters didn't do then. Um, and I love the art style and stuff like that. But it's like, where do you go in in those two regards? And yeah. there's just not a lot of room. But to to its credit, and the reason that I said I, I like this one a little more is they have definitely found a different narrative bent to take to take the game, and that's that's what I've been enjoying. The idea of having Tiny Tina kind of narrating this adventure as you're going through it. I like the fact that I'm shooting skeletons. You shoot a lot of skeletons. So that has already kind of gotten old, but, but just that novelty of having new enemies and a new setting and then having tiny Tina, you know, narrate things and just kind of throw in stuff and be like, well, actually there's going to be a bridge here now. And you know, the bridge just kind of pops up like that kind of creativity and fun, you know, that has made it more fun again than, than I was worried i was gonna not get out of it yeah it's a weird first quarter for games and both horizon and this has ashley birch maybe talking more than people would like but i will say because ashley birch plays tiny tina like i i like tiny tina on this game so far maybe at hour number 30 i'll be driven insane every time she's screaming but like I think it works i like wacky silly ashley birch i think more than serious ashley birch for acting Ashley Birch does a great job. the the other I, The other thing is, I do I I like everyone on the voice cast. They have Will Arnett and uh, Wanda Sykes and a bunch. They're all doing great jobs, and so that <laughs> that definitely helps. Even though yeah. kind of the underlying humor, I'm over and like, and, which again, that's that's the purely that's on me. I if I'm not judging anyone for enjoying hey, that man, kind of humor, you're you're fine. It's it's like. Man, we're st- we're still doing butt stallion, huh? And not only uh, not only are we still doing butt stallion, but butt stallion is like a main character now of of just like, hey man, remember that joke from Borderlands one or two? You know, like ten years ago. Like, let's continue with. And it's bizarre to think that like, oh, that joke was probably written by Anthony Birch for Borderlands two, and now like his sister is still like carrying the legacy of this <laughs> one-off stupid joke of a butt stallion for being a big component of this game. But I, I genuinely have laughed a couple times playing this game. Like, just yeah. stupid little things, like you kill a skeleton early on, and he goes, oh, I have so much to unlive for. It's like, you know what? Mm-hmm. That's enough for me. <laughs> I think that's funny. Or like, there's someone, like you have to rescue some peasant early on. They're like, ah, I gotta save this stupid peasant ass. And then you go talk to the peasant, and they're like, thank you for saving my peasant ass. Like, you know, very dumb, immature stuff, but it's still it yeah, got me I, more than any board games got me in in the world of 
dumb humor. They still have smart writers who, yeah. you know, will come up with funny twists like that. I think there was at one point, you know, Tiny Teen was talking about how the, the skellies are attacking this village. She was like, oh, the horror, the skellies are eating people's feet. And that was just funny to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's all you need. <laughs> that uh, got a giggle out of me. Yeah, Janet, do you have big thoughts on this? Do you enjoy it more or less than you thought? Uh, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. I did. I played Borderlands 3, but did not finish it. Right. I did not like Borderlands 3. I kind of hated Borderlands 3. Um, and not just because I worked on the guide of it, but like I played by myself. And I know you're not supposed to play like yeah. Borderlands games by yourself. But like I also played this one by myself. Like I'm playing, I'm rolling by myself. Like y'all, if I, if I, I'm of the mind, if I can play your game by myself, I should be able to enjoy it by myself or don't let me. Um, so that's how I played those games. I'm also not a fan of like the Borderlands humor either, specifically like the sexual humor. Like I find their sex jokes just to be very unfunny and like middle school boy-esque. Um, and I think sure. that's why I like the writing a lot more in Tiny Tina's than Borderlands 3 because it is still like dumb and of like of Borderlands, but it's like dumb in a fun, cheeky, like life commentary way and not in a oh, it's funny that like you can shoot someone in the groin and says they were like expletived or like welcome to the sex dungeon. I'm like, I don't want to do any of that. Like that's weird right, to me. Right, right. Um, this doesn't have that. So I found the the writing to be a lot more generally enjoyable. Um, eventually, like some things do wear thin because, you know, Tiny Teen has a very abrasive personality. So yeah. like you're either if you vibe with that, you're going to be cool with it. But if it annoys you, like that is her persona. So, that is like, the game. Yeah, that's going to be like a taste thing. Um, but gameplay wise you know and in some borderlands credit like i've always appreciated the gunplay and the variety of weapons and the creativity and the weapons and of course the art style has always been gorgeous um what i liked about this game is the DD structure of it so like just to give people an idea if they haven't really you know really played it or like know, know much about it is essentially like it's a you are playing a DD campaign and that's why tiny is narrating it and like the overworld is basically like a DD board and Ooh, you're which, kind of going Ooh. to like which we should we should really highlight because I, yeah. I was so delighted by that. I mean, I think people are kind of fried in open world games right now, and the idea that they're embracing the nerdiness of this—that this game is, feels like it's coming from the passion of a bunch of RPG fans and tabletop fans at Gearbox—but then the fact that there's no open world, that it's just a world map. It feels just like an old PlayStation One RPG. Uh, say like a Chrono Cross. Well, I guess that's a bad example because the Chrono Cross world map is a little bit different. But you know, it just feels like you're going back to like a Final Fantasy VII world map or something. And I'm just so delighted to see any game, even if it's a cheeky, jokey construct, to go back to that in some way. Yeah, and I, I enjoy that as well. Like I have. I have a bunch of like things that I liked, but also things that I have beef with in this game. It's like a mm. bit of a mixed bag. Um, overall, I did enjoy my time, but I do think little things like how slow you move when you walk across that map, how convoluted the fast travel system is. Um, and I'd, I'd say my number one gripe with this game is the repetitive nature of the um, quests, which again, mm. I know like some people are like, I'm just here to like, you know, shoot things and hang out with my friends and stuff. But again, like I think that doesn't mean that you can't critique like the quest structure. Like I, every quest is get thing and oh, actually you got to kill somebody or like you don't have to kill somebody, but just kidding, they betrayed you and now you have to kill them. And I just wish there was a little bit like more creativity in that. Um, I also had some beefs with like the level structuring of it, where like the suggested level was always like two or three ahead of where I was, and I felt mm -hmm. like the main campaign never got me where I need to be level wise, so I had to go grind and then I had to sort of 
pick like I was forced to pick something to do instead of getting to like naturally be curious and enjoy and and check out stuff. Um, but again, like some of the things I really liked, like you can knock down like these bottle caps and make these shortcuts on the world map. And um, like I said, I think some of the lore stuff is really fun. Like the they have like weird like takes on folk tales, like Jack and the Beanstalk and like the Tooth Fairy. And some of that stuff oh, is like, like really fun and interesting. Yeah, basically. basically. Okay. Yeah, it's like it's Shrek, but with guns, but not as good oh. as that sounds. Because That sounds awesome. But like it's, <laughs> awesome. Not, it's not quite that wavy. <laughs> but I do think if it's such a mix for me because it's gotten really good reviews which I was sort of like lightly surprised by yeah. um, I thought it'd be more in the the sevens and a lot of people were more in like the eights and higher which is great um you know for those who are really enjoying it I am curious to know and like I guess we don't really have like the best cast to answer this but yeah playing this as a non-Borderlands fan I was like I like this because it's a little bit less Borderlandsy. but does that mean fans of Borderlands will feel like this is just a nerfed Borderlands I ultimately I feel like this is a fun deviation but I don't think it's quite different enough for people that weren't that into Borderlands like it kind of feels like it's trying it wants to deviate but it doesn't have the guts to fully take that creativity and really make something fresh and that part well, was a little bit disappointing for me I mean it is such a weird game that I think not to call it a budget game but the idea that yeah they're reusing some assets obviously some guns from Borderlands and stuff unless they're completely new guns compared to Borderlands 3 which I'd be shocked by but I guess it's possible um, so I don't know how much it, with a game this weird and like a comedy game, I don't know if they could have swung harder realistically for how much this thing costs, you know? And like, I think even just not having Borderlands in the title of this thing, they have Wonderlands, like that's still a little bit of a swing. You know, they're not calling it Borderlands, the D&D adventure. Like it would have been so easy to do that. So it feels like they're taking as big of a swing as they probably could production wise with this thing. Oh, we should talk about the classing too. Like what do you guys expect as there's like a multi-classing system that's mm. a big part of like the like angle of like how they've talked about this game in the lead up. So like, yeah. what are you guys playing as? Like, have you gotten to pick a second class yet? I'm not sure for when you get to do that, but no, I haven't gotten the second class. I went for like the, uh, the kind of creature master guy. That seemed fun. Okay. That seemed fun. I, I did the stab which I, I there haven't even used really the stealth skill, but you do send out a giant whirling blade, which is kind of fun, but it, it was, you know, I kept on leveling up, and then it was like, okay, you've unlocked your character, like your character class's special feat, and you should you should start using FEAT this time. You, you should start using that special feat. And I looked at it, and mine was just like 30% plus crit chance happening. I was like, okay, I guess I'll go creatively use those extra crit hits. It, it was very underwhelming for, yeah. for what that was. Um. There's one person here whose silence is deafening. Um, I'm disturbed Who? by how quiet they are. Because, Kyle, you started playing this, right? You just have nothing to say about it? I mean, I really just don't have a lot to add. I thought it was, there were jokes that got me. I thought it was funny. I always like to hear Andy Samberg and things. Um, but it was it was very much like the first time I got a gun in my hand and skeletons popped out. And yeah. I started walking backwards and shooting skeletons. I was like, oh... Okay, yeah, this is Borderlands. I don't think I'm interested in playing this right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I'm good. Um, but I certainly wasn't offended by it or anything like that. Yeah, sure. Uh, it's available on damn near everything, and also there's crossplay and everything, so that's kind of cool. But yeah, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, if you're interested, on the Epic Game Store. And, yeah, Do you just, think it'll make the two tens? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. No, one. probably not. But again, and I, I really think that's us, and the thing that I have yeah. always appreciated and always said is that... I know there are a ton of Borderlands fans. Like, 
of like most of production at GI were Borderlands fans yes. and they were, they were always hugely excited for the next Borderlands game came out and I felt like such an ass being the one reviewing them and being like, uh, it's more Borderlands. I don't know if I, that's what I want. And that, and for, if you are, I feel like if you are fans of Borderlands, you're probably fully on board with Tiny Tina already. Yep. And I do think this is a really creative way to kind of shake up at least some of the stuff, if not the underlying system. Yeah, Jawar, hello, watching us live at the Backstage Past here, which you can jump into and watch us live every single week. Uh, they say, as a big Borderlands fan, this might be my favorite game of the series. It's definitely my favorite game of the mm. year so far. So, yeah, I think there are going to be millions and millions of people who are big Borderlands fans that will probably enjoy the hell out of this. Um, uh, yeah, I think especially because, like, a lot of, just really quick, like, Borderlands yeah. 3, um, obviously a lot of people liked it, but, like, having casually, like, talked to, like, people that are more into Borderlands than I am, they're like, yeah, 3 was fine, but, like, I didn't really like, like, like the writing or the story or the characters. And I think, and I think that, like, this so many of those elements are more likable and more enjoyable and in my opinion done better um so if like that was your gripe i think people are in for like you know a a a treat or a surprise um and then if you're you know not that interested in it like for me like i'm not a big borderlands fan i still enjoyed it i don't know if i'm like i'm not rushing to like have it as a must play personally but it surprised me that it it kind of stuck around in a in a solid way and and playing it alone it was a lot easier than playing borderlands 3 alone playing borderlands 3 by yourself it's hard like it was too hard like because animes are really spongy because it's meant for like big arena things i found this to be a lot more approachable even even solo which i liked right on uh hey uh do you all hear that no it's the sound of an addition <laughs> sarah <laughs> Pazorski, welcome to the podcast thank you thank you the the pregnant pause welcome sarah um hey we wanted to have you on because we wanted to talk about breath of the wild and you said you oh. cannot talk about breath of the wild without me I forbid you. Did, I did not officially. say that. I thought you were going to say Kirby. Oh, look, we'll talk about Kirby in a bit. We'll talk about all this stuff. But you we should talk disrespecting about Kirby this entire week. That is You're true. Disrespecting Kirby. Hang on. Am I being accused of... Why am I disrespecting Kirby? How am I disrespecting... Because you forgot that his game came out. You forgot who's playing it. Like, you just... It's just... You're you so, like, it, tuned you out You said Kirby it. was trash were your exact words. <laughs> mm-hmm. I... Hey, and not because he ate a bag of trash. Right, Just I was also thinking that same joke. Pure Kirby plays Waddle D, Bandana Waddle D, and that's really bringing you down. I think. Um, hey, can I be honest with everybody here on this podcast? I do, can try. I don't think I respect Kirby. I think it is. It <laughs> no. is true. It's Wait, legitimately, is this? Are you, you can't like, say that. Down. No I, one is surprised right as now. A Kirby hater. I'm not a hater. I've played and enjoyed several games, but. I played the demo for Kirby in the Forgotten Land and I was not exactly blown away. And I feel like I, it's a terrible spot to be in, to be the one that's poo-pooing just the most lovable, cute game of all time. But that, that is the tone I have in my heart of like, look, it can't be that good, right? The new Kirby game. Uh, man, I'll, I'll back you up a little bit. I've been playing Thank Epic you. Yarn and it just, it's, it's too, it's almost like too light sometimes, right? Like Kirby in general, where it's just There's like death. Too, if Luffy you're willing to, to go there at a certain point, but, but yeah. I'm liking like, forgotten lands to be clear. I'm enjoying it. There is depth, Janet. But yeah. Well, are we already, I didn't Let's want to like it. ruin the order that you had intended. Are we already in, are we in Kirby land now? The are only, we in the forgotten land? Yeah. We're in the forgotten land, baby. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people, um, have mentioned that they're like, Oh yeah, Kirby. Like, I don't know. Like I knew it was easy, but like, it's too easy. And for me, the joy of Kirby has always been, in the spectacle of what you're doing, like the environmental design, what you're looking at, the things you can become, um, and also like 
the de- the challenge comes if you want to like find all this stuff because sure. actually like 100% things like in the first world it's pretty easy but like the second third like it starts to get a little bit more challenging like there's there's challenge there if you want it um it is like a challenge of mind and your curiosity um now if you don't find that challenge appealing then maybe you don't have like a lot to do here. Like there, there is a world where Kirby isn't for people, but like there is plenty there. I feel like people were like, I don't get it. I'm just walking to the right. I'm like, well, I mean, I'm not challenged in a lot of games, but it can still be enjoyable to navigate I, uh, the design and explore. I have often thought that Hanson lacks the mind and creativity for most things. So well, you say Kirby it's, included. It's challenging the mind. What are you doing? You're like going around and you're finding a, a coin hidden somewhere in the level. Is that- I will say. Ben, yeah. I felt like the demo did the full game a disservice. Ooh, okay. In my mind. Yeah. So I played through the demo, same as you, and then I played through it again in the main game, and there's a lot of stuff. Like, there's an they left out the overworld. They left out all of, like, Waddle D Town. They left out a really cute music video when you're a car. Music video? That, what? Yeah. They left yeah. out a really cute music video the about being a car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Wait, so it's like literally the demo did this game a disservice, in my opinion. Okay, I mean, you yeah. know, you can work at a cafe in this game. Yeah, that does sound good. And honestly, building up like that Waddle Dee Town, I remember seeing that in one of those Nintendo Direct things. I'm like, that's that's something. I, I, so you're saying the consensus is I I should actually try this game? Yes. Yes. Okay. I mean, here's the thing. This is again getting back to the the core disrespect angle because like Sarah, you're streaming it, but also I don't know, you like. 3D Sonic games. Like, you like some just light... Whoa. <laughs> like, no, it's not a It's not all of Hanson. Like, you look at Hanson's library and it's just nothing but bangers there. Like, uh, they're saying yeah. Anything? Hello, have you played Frequency on the PlayStation 2? Uh, but no, no has anyone? <laughs> no, that's the problem. It's, it's the greatest game. But so, well, we don't waste amplitude like an adult. Here. If it's in the premium tier, I'm gonna hit it up. I'm just Just trying to figure out from like Sarah, from from your perspective, playing this game, is it like, oh, I'm streaming it, it's like the cute pink wonderful thing, isn't this a good time? Or is it actually like, no, this game is genuinely good? It's not a Mario Odyssey, but it is a Luigi's Mansion. Ooh. In my opinion. That's a great way to put it. Okay. It's not like Breath of the Wild, it's not like an uh, S tier Nintendo game, but it is an A tier. Because there's just like there's such childhood joy in it, mm-hmm. and honestly, this is gonna sound weird, but the mouthful mode really does add a lot. <laughs> like I never knew fire. I wanted to be Kirby and as now, a boomerang. Hanson, can you cut to Sarah's reaction to when they revealed? Yeah, cut to when I got mode. disgusted by it. <laughs> right, she previously. she filled her mouth with puke when she saw it for yeah. the first time. Yeah. It is a but little it's perverse, just joy. but it's yeah, worth it is it. a little weird. Like, don't knock it uh, till you try it, because like you do that mouth for Like, you can become a vending machine and shoot cans at people. Like, you're trying to tell me this game isn't good? No, you can't. Like, you can't. I'm sure they gave Kirby a gun. Like, mm-hmm. and yeah. then when you upgrade the gun, second gun, two guns, two guns, <laughs> dual wielding Kirby. Cropped. Yeah, you're dual wield. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're 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 everything. He's the pink ball that does it all. <laughs> Are you uh, Janet? You playing co-op then? No, I'm playing by myself <laughs> because okay. I invited like, like my brother like came by, you know, like in our apartment and I'm like, you want to jump base, drop in, drop out. He's like, no, I bet it's going to suck. Now, I haven't tried it yet. Let me know if y'all played it and if you think it's good. It looks like it'd be fine. Yeah. Um, and same with my boyfriend where I'm like, hey, do you want to, you know, j- you could jump in. He's like, no, I'll just watch you play. So I'm like, that's fine. I don't need j- I'll Kirby by myself. It's fine. But is you know, this I'm not like playing fragile co-op. masculinity coming to terms with how absolutely adorable no, Kirby they're both gonna is? Play it. But they want to play it by themselves, which is I, fair because, you know. To step in here, Janet, I think I think watching it is almost 
a, the same experience as playing co-op because Bandana Waddle D, which is I've taken that bullet and I'm playing as Bandana <laughs> Waddle D yeah. while my daughter plays as Kirby, is I'm I'm just kind of following around and hitting stuff with a spike, and that's like all all he can do. I don't Waddle D can't take on new powers and solve puzzles and stuff. He's just yeah. kind of around. Well, he He's does get around. to ride the back of the car. When that you turn cute. to the That's car, you just get to ride onto the back. That does seem cute. Mm. Um, so I, I hate to frame this entire episode in terms of predict the two tens, but like, do we think Kirby's going to do well in the two tens? Is it to that point? I think so. Okay. okay. Because I like if I were to review, like I'm not reviewing this game, but if yeah. I were, I'd probably give it like a four out of five or AKA like an eight out of ten. And I think anything that's at that caliber probably has a pretty good chance of being in the two tens. Yeah. I think in a in a weaker year, like things that are at like a seven or a three can also get in there. Not that that can still happen this year, but this year I feel like there's so many games that are great or amazing slash masterpieces that unfortunately some of the games that we might, you know, enjoy, but like don't have that fire for, they might not mm-hmm. make the cut just because there's so much good stuff. But yeah, Kirby, like I have uh, so far, I don't I don't I can't even think of really anything I don't like about the game. I guess the fact that you have to type in the codes, like if you guys did the little <laughs> Waddle D town, you have to hand type the codes you find. I'm like, just let me mem- don't make me write this out on the <laughs> console. Like I have very little gripe so far um, about two yeah. worlds in. Uh, so still Sometimes pretty early, they but. hide the Waddle D's a little too well. Or like sometimes you can like because there's no backtracking. So once you go past, it's easy yep. to accidentally go past a point mm-hmm. and then you just have to play the level again. But it's like that's if you're oh, looking yeah. to 100% clear. But that's really that's annoying. Kind of a like Kirby thing. Yeah, you see two doors, and you're like 50% chance this is the hidden room with the Waddle D in it. 50% chance this is going to take me past the hidden room with the Waddle D in it, and I miss it entirely. Yeah. I do so, like that at the town they have. Um, what is his name again? Like Doctor Professor Wise Waddle D. Wise Waddle D. Yes. Wise um, Waddle D. And Weapon Shop Waddle D. Weapon Shop Great crafting animation. Yeah. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. I haven't gotten that yet. Yeah, that yeah. sounds good. Um, well, because like, on the note of missing stuff, like it isn't, you know, it's really just for fun, like to find the stuff. But they do have um, all of the copy abilities have the ability to be like leveled up if you find like the crafting recipe for it, and then you basically bring it to like the town, like the weapon keeper who like makes the upgrade. But you have to find those in the worlds. And I was like, oh man, that's the thing I definitely want to make sure I find as I play because I want to get like the upgrades, even though again, don't really need them because like the combat's not hard. But like I want to be like as OP as possible. Um, and the Wise Waddle D will tell you like if you're missing any. I, I haven't missed any so far. I've only done like two worlds. But like I like that they have that little additional hint or help system for something that is like so much more tied to the actual gameplay. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of like there's a lot of interesting layers here. Like we haven't even talked about like the side challenge areas, which are some of my favorite parts of the game. Huh. They seem cool. I will say it it might be the only game, you know, in the last few weeks that actually benefits by releasing around the same time as Elden Ring because like I I played and beat Elden Ring I started Tunic and then I went back and beat Elden Ring again and then I finished (laughs) Tunic and I was like Kirby or Final Fantasy I was like I don't think I'm ready for like another sort of tough action game so I was like let's just take Kirby's the breather after you know two tough I had a hard time with Tunic I struggled with Tunic but I I did finish it so it was it's nice to have Kirby there ready to go yeah what uh, what'd you end up thinking about Tunic I I liked it okay I wasn't like blown away by it I think it's a it's a little aimless um for me like I felt like I was always lost and like sometimes that meant I had that beautiful revelation moment where I figured something out yeah but nine times out of ten 
I just like walked around for way too long to find this little corner that I needed to get into. And like, I was like, am I in the right place? Is this where I'm supposed to go? Like, I thought that's so, what you like, weirdos like, Kyle. It, but, you like puzzles and mystery and intrigue and all yeah, that stuff. I, I don't, but I think I, I like being in a, I like being given a puzzle and having to solve it. I don't like knowing, I don't like not knowing where that puzzle is. Okay. Right. Like I like, it's like I literally, like I ended the game with more money than I could possibly spend on anything because I spent so much time sort of walking around and not being sure where to go. Yeah. Which, but like everything else about the game, like combat's very cool, especially the the upgrades you get near the end are really great. There's one in particular that kind of makes it start feeling like Hyperlight Drifter, which is like very cool and it Mm. looks amazing. It's like, Mm. looks great. Kind of reminded me of Fez sometimes, kind of reminded me of Hyperlight Drifter sometimes. That's the big thing. That stuff's great. I've heard so many people compare this to Fez that in my mind is like, well, it's Fez Zelda. Obviously, Kyle's going to love this. Yeah, I, th- I mean, honestly, I kind of was like at a certain point, I was kind of like, I should love this more. Right. Like, this really right. seems like I should be into this more. But I ended up walking away with like, a, yeah, it was good. You know? Huh. Yeah. Janet, you're still in retrospect. You're still loving Tunic. Yeah. Yeah, it was really, really great. There it is. There it is, everybody. There's the I mean, I've heard you said like a lot of stuff about it. Like, go back to the you know other episode. That like you can't like really want me to talk more, Hanson. I think it was that feedback in my whole freaking life. No, the game is good. The game is good. Um, we should talk about that other option real quick though before we get to the the big one. Um, this freaking the Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin. We talked about it a little week. I was trying to or the other week. I was trying to wrap my mind around it. Um, and then Sarah, you've streamed eight hours of this yes. bad boy Eight hours of my life <laughs> stolen uh what's your take on stranger paradise final fantasy origin this is one of those games where the demo made it seem a lot better than the actual game was Ooh, because <laughs> it's just i will say okay because in the demo you get yeah you get a lot of like more cutscenes. you get a lot of like more characterization and then post demo you're just kind of in the level grind right. where you're like go here go here go here and then if you want to know what's happening, you have to read the auto-scrolling text to kind of figure out what's going on with the story. Yeah. Um, which, and it's an insane story. Like, truly, I don't know what's going on at any point. And it seems like the cutscenes cut off the minute things become slightly coherent. It'll be like, and then fade to black. Do you think that's an intentional thing? Because Jack I doesn't think, understand I, where he I'm is like, and what he can is. Can they just not afford more cutscene? Like, did the budget run out like halfway through this cutscene? Yeah, Sarah, I mean, it uh, is funny that the intro for the game, I did start it, by the way, yeah. uh, despite what I was just saying about Kirby and stuff, is that it is very much like, all right, here's your mission. Fade to black, fade from black. Wow, we really did that mission, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> like, and, but like for me, like, weirdly, it kind of works because it's like if they're going for like an NES storytelling vibe. Because it's all supposed to be Final like, Fantasy 1. Yeah. yeah, like they're kind of nailing it because it's like it moves really fast and kind of doesn't make sense. <laughs> like it's like, it feels like an NES story to me in a weird way. So maybe they're successful in that regard. I, think, or, I don't yeah, know. I think if you played early Final Fantasy games, you should definitely check this out for the nostalgia of it. But I didn't start playing Final Fantasy until 10 onwards. Mm. So I am just like not in the loop 
on anything that's going on. Right. Um, it's and, like, and, I don't get like the inside joke of things. I'm like, what? You, what's happening? I mean, to be clear, like I, I, the first Final Fantasy I played was like seven. Like I don't have nostalgia for like the NES Final Fantasies. It just feels like a very old school style of storytelling. Yeah. But like with the visuals of a modern game. And if that's what they're going for, I kind of like it. And I think it's weird in that way. But in, in terms of like, you know, characters that I want to see what's happening next. Oh, like utter spectacular failure. But well, like, but like, well, sure. but engaging and interesting because it's like, I think they're trying to like tell this like they told old NES games and it kind of works that way. Well, this is the part that I feel like historians are going to be hung up on when they look back at 2022. The number one question will be. How self-aware were the creators of Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin? Like, Sarah, you spent time in Japan. You technically worked on a Square game. Scale of 1 to 10, how self-aware are they with what this game is all about? Like, the cynic in me wants to say, like, a 4. Okay. Because I feel like there really is a disconnect between, like, what Japan thinks the West will like and what the West actually likes. Right. Um, there is, when I was at least working there, there was a huge, like, miscommunication. Like, they, we just don't see eye to eye on some things. So I don't know if they thought that we would think, like, cool man McGee, like, <laughs> doesn't want to watch cutscenes. Like, he literally... He's the kind of person who skips through cutscenes in video games. Yeah. And at the end goes, I don't understand what happened. Like, that is his character. That like is the Jack. main character in yeah. the game. He skips all the cutscenes and he's like, I don't know what's going on. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, the cynic in me wants to say they had no clue that he was going to be received in more of like a humorous way. Right. But I really, like, I don't know. I have no clue. <sighs> what a mystery. Okay, so you're cooling out in a big way. Do you think you're going to finish it, Sarah? I think I might finish it. I'm going to have to wait. Like, because it's still nostalgic to see, like, the Final Fantasy classes. Like, I love Red Mage, Black Mage. Like, they'll get me with that. Yeah. Um, They only had one Final Fantasy XIV level, and I think if they, like, teased more of it, I would maybe want to play more. Okay. Um, But, yeah, like, mm, it's definitely not a, like, I think you, if you can pick it up and just, like, sprint through it. Right. That's the best way to do it. If that's just pick an it up and then it. just like go. <laughs> okay. That's just keep bizarre. going. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't think. Don't stop. No matter what, don't think while don't playing think. Final Not Fantasy. Think, or play. Something we didn't talk about last time we talked about on the podcast. I am still amazed in that game. Uh like how much loot you get. It's oh like literally like one Can we dungeon. Talk about that for a second. It is it, like one dungeon. You get like fifteen pieces of armor. Because it's more than any other game. Your inventory fills up, and then you can't pick up any more, and you have to literally hand throw out every piece of armor that they give you. Oh my god! And it's so Perfect. much. And you can't not pick it up. Oh. And every enemy drops five things. Every treasure chest drops like five pieces of armor, and you yeah. have to pick it. It auto picks up. Yuck! You can't like trash it to like make new currency or anything like you that. You can trash it, but there's like. 60 pieces of armor like this is okay. this is like this is like excel documents of armor <laughs> that you've somehow collected in like a 20 minute level yuck uh hey real quick just mopping up all of uh sarah's cool streaming games uh, i saw you're streaming uh, ghostwire tokyo yesterday yeah. and it's a game that yeah. we talked about a little bit in the past jeff have you got a chance to play it yet yeah that was what i i played it for a couple hours last night after i unceremoniously Bid farewell to Tiny Tina. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, okay, Janet, you haven't played it, right? But you're lightly curious. Was that the read? Yeah. Um, I, think I feel like I get the vibe that I kind of don't need to play it because it's maybe not that good. <sighs> yeah. So I don't know if I will get to it because I'm like, maybe I should spend my time doing other stuff. But 
Am I wrong? I don't know. Yeah, Kyle, have you played more just for the full landscape? No, here? just those first two chapters. It's okay. uh, I wanted to play Tunic, but that's like I want to get back to it. I was I was engaged enough where it's like I want to continue. Yeah, Sarah, what's your read after four hours with this thing? I think high pitch. I've never wanted a game that I wanted something more from. Ah. Mm. Then Ghostwire Tokyo, uh, it's really an incredible, it's it's incredible visually. They literally, it's the closest one-to-one of Shibuya I've ever seen. That's so Like, cool. I could literally take you on the tour and be like, this is where the Taco Bell is. This is the Burger King I ate at. If we go over here, like, this is where the 8-4 towers are. It is incredibly detailed. Yeah. You go into homes and it's like kombinis and it's like, they've taken so much time and care on crafting the environment. It's worth checking out for that if you're interested in Japan. Yeah. It is so cool. But then it's like, I love Japanese folklore. Uh-huh. And I feel like they le- they are leaving me wanting more with the Japanese folklore and the ghost stories. Because I think Japan has such a rich history of like ghosts and yokai and like demons. It's so cool. And it's like the best they could do was like a headless schoolgirl. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, 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 wait. You have like all this amazing history to pull from and the best you can do is a headless schoolgirl in Slenderman and then it's like the main narrative Slenderman with an umbrella and the main narrative is a lot more human focused than I wanted it to be I yeah. feel like like I'm at the movie and somebody's head is blocking my view of what I the screen and it's this narrative I'm like wait a second like that's a cat. That's Wait, a, so do you a want cat. them to be headless or not, Sarah? I'm I want <laughs> I want them to stop blocking my view of like the good Japanese folklore that I want to experience. And I'm like, get out of my way. Yeah. Like with your streetwear and your fucking masks. Like I'm trying to see the yokai. <laughs> okay, so uh, so uh, some asterisks on this one for the enjoyment. Because yeah. yeah, I've heard other podcasts talk about like, oh, it's kind of a more conventional boilerplate open world experience than I was expecting. But Jeff, do you have a hot take so far? Yeah, I I guess it was also more open world than I was expecting. Mm-hmm. Like like when we had seen it before, you know, they have kind of the the flying bird guys that you can grapple to and Take and we it. were kind of suspecting like, well, that's that seems like very very specific of like areas that they want you to get to. Yeah. But I've been like all over the rooftops and like figured out ways to to get up and climb on things. Much more than I was expecting, so I kind of like. As as Sarah said, they did a great job making the city, and I feel like I do get to climb around and look at places a lot. There's just when you do fight combat, like I've only seen you know three or four different types of combat, and it is funny. Like in the menus, they list like they list the idea behind it, and it feels very much like these were all very first draft like. Hey, let, let's throw some ideas up on a board of what we can make characters into. It's like this this uh, woman is the is the type of woman who has just like internalized all criticism, and she's she's you know like just always trying to make people happy, and so and and so she blows you know like orbs at you, and and that's that's that character, and uh, th- <laughs> Wait, this what? guy he's 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 like a. He's a businessman, I guess, but he has an an umbrella. But that umbrella symbolizes this thing, and and that's that's this character. And it feels like wow, like this this is the best that you could do. Like like Sarah said, there's this history here that you could be pulling ideas from, and it all feels very superficial of enemy designs. Huh. Um, it's on PlayStation. 5. 
<laughs> this is where I just go back to the <laughs> template. I, well, it's I, I, I have been enjoying, yeah, I have been yeah. enjoying exploring more. Than, yeah. It is the best Shibuya walking simulator I have ever played. Okay. All right. That's something. Like it that's is something. really well created. Hey, I was uh, checking out uh, your stream for a bit, Sarah, and you threw if some. you only watch my stream, do you watch anything no, else? no, honestly, no? yeah. When I turn on my TV, it's just you streaming. I feel like that's all my life is at this point. Genuinely, this is this was my life last night, and I was like, I'm being pretty cool. Like I had the place to myself, and so I went to a pizza place and I got a bunch of wings and breadsticks. And I was like, what am I gonna watch while I'm just eating no pizza? wings? No pizza. I had that a couple days ago. Just I just wings been, and is there not a wing place that you could have gone to instead? Honestly, these wings are pretty. That solid. That was my first thought no, too. No, the wings are solid here. Um, pizza wings. So the point the is, I was like, how do I really savor this moment? What do I watch along with this? And I just pulled up Sarah's stream and just sat there like a weirdo. I mean, nobody that watches Sarah's stream is a weirdo, but I felt like a weirdo just eating the wings and being like, oh, I should jump on the stream. Well, but what did you think? What did you, because I was playing Ghostwire, so it's like, yeah. what was the vibe? Um, yeah, I liked you walking around and being like, oh, this used to be a Starbucks, and now look how they have like a... A generic version of Starbucks. We get Sarah's here. cut of this game. It's like Sarah's walking sim tour yeah. of the city. That's literally what it was. They were like, "Sarah, take us to your." And I'm like, "And this is where I would come out of the train station if I was taking the subway. Mm-hmm. This is where I would come out of the train station if I was taking the that used that's supposed to be a lush, right? But it's not. This is where I had to stop and yell at Dan Tack for not helping us navigate the subway to get to Disneyland, like these iconic Shibuya that's landmarks. Rough. But the point is, Sarah. <laughs> It needs a discovery tour, right, is what it yeah. needs. That's right. They should just give you oh a God. version where the map's just open and there's no enemies and you can just walk around because I would pay for that. Yeah, the, the discovery tour. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah, point yeah. is, the most intriguing part that I saw from the stream, though, Sarah, was you saying that you were Slenderman's daughter or whatever. You said no, I come from the same county as the girls who committed the Slenderman killings in Wisconsin. That's a good claim There are those to fame. two girls who like stabbed their friend to sacrifice her to Slenderman. Right. Same county. You felt like a kinship, like that could have been you. No, I was like, oh no, this checks out. They're all crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like in that county, do they have like, what's the county called? I think Slender. it was... Yeah, Slenderman County. Okay. Do they have like... They the, were from Brookfield. Brookfield. Okay. Do they have like a welcome to Brookfield County? At the, and it's just like Slenderman, Slenderman cut out like waving. Like, are they are they embracing it at all? No. Okay. Well, that's less fun. Than <laughs> Why thought. would they embrace that? Because he's not. an iconic character. It's like Paul Bunyan. If it was based on murders. Well, like, Slenderman doesn't live in Brookfield, Wisconsin. He's not the mayor yeah, no of one, Brookfield. No one committed murders in the name of Paul Bunyan. I guarantee <laughs> like, you, Kyle, horrible. somebody I'm on sure Earth. I'm sure at least one person did. Absolutely yeah. somebody has. This is for Babe! Uh, <laughs> it's just something <laughs> like that, you know? Uh, hey, we should finally talk about the, the biggie. Uh, it finally happened, y'all. We finally got a big update on the sequel to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Now affectionately called the sequel to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Um, Kyle, how did this come across your feed as Zelda's number one fan? Um, were you immediately ready to look at every frame of this video and all that fun stuff? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 100%. Like, at the second it came, I mean, obviously I saw people, I saw the headlines first, and then I went and saw the video and just absolutely marveled at Anuma's new haircut. I mean, that was huge. It's, uh, it's that's really what came really across my feed first. Like, <laughs> Anuma got a new haircut that was all over my Twitter feed, and I was like, wait, 
did something happen? Like I saw that before <laughs> I saw happened? the Breath of the Wild yeah, got much. delayed. Right. Well, the sad uh, part is if you actually watch the video, then they explain that Breath of the Wild got delayed to 2023 because of his haircut. He spent so much time focusing yeah. on just the individual. It looks really good. It does look he, he really good. He had to get it right. He's I mean, got like, that salt you know? and pepper style down. Yeah. Maybe best salt and pepper in the game industry. If I may go out on a limb, Ooh, I think he's got it. It's good. Uh, uh, but no, I mean, honestly, the weird, the emotional reaction weirdly was like relief almost. Like I really? was like, yeah, I'm I'm totally happy to wait. I and maybe it's just me sort of thinking ahead to like end of the year discussions, but even internally, I don't want to have the Breath of the Wild 2 versus Elden Ring debate. I don't want that discussion. You seems baby. Horrible. And that's I mean, I'm not assuming Breath of the Wild 2. I mean, maybe Breath of the Wild 2 is going to be bad, who knows, but um What? I was almost kind of relieved that I was like, ah, I'm glad we don't have to like I don't have to personally make that decision. I don't have to convince people one way or the other but like also i'm just like this year's so crazy like the year the rest of the year looks good like i don't i don't mind waiting for them to make it better i maybe yeah maybe i'm not spending enough time on reddit or in the wrong pockets of the internet but have people and the general gaming population calmed down a bit with delays like over the last couple years it's always a good thing yeah yeah, it's uh, and I think also, but also with Zelda in particular, I think a people are willing to wait, and b I don't think anyone yeah thought it was coming out this year. Like no right. one ever really truly believed that it is. Yeah, it is. Oh, go ahead. Oh, uh, but I was just gonna I keep going down the rabbit hole of like you know, then you watch the footage and you're like, okay, this is the same stuff. But then there's, gosh, what a whole three or four seconds of new stuff, and yeah. it's like it seems silly to be like, oh, three or four seconds, but like where people are finding stuff from that like the hand like link's hand his whole arm looks like the arm from the original teaser that like you know came out of the ground it looks like the arm grafts itself onto link we got a much better look at it and it's got like little Um, nails too like the nails on the yeah so much cooler than there's a symbol on the back of his hand that people are trying to figure out what it is um because they thought maybe it was like japanese text or kanji or something but it's not it's like fictional whatever it is but no one knows what it is and then there's a nice shot of the master sword like kind of destroyed and glowing blue and like everyone's saying like it really seems like fee from skyward sword is going to be a factor here just back. from the coloring and stuff wait no. that's no, no way no way from the yeah. coloring yeah it's like glowing blue yeah help me out fee she became the master sword what was her deal again she is the master she is the master sword yeah. Okay, and she tells and I mean, you like, when your remote lot... is low on batteries. Too. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. classic job. character, yeah. Yeah, but she also like. I mean, there's a lot of Skyward Sword stuff in Breath of the Wild, like yeah. more than you'd think. Like it's funny, like that actually in the sort of canon of Zelda, like actually has the sort of the most to say about the sort of like history of Hyrule and stuff like that. And I, I love that stuff. Like I really nerd out about that kind of stuff when it comes to Zelda. So like I do, I do, I slow down the footage and really look at it. We got a a really nice look at Link's face with his new haircut and his new outfit and stuff. Like it was such a little bite, but it was enough to get excited about it. Maybe it's silly. Sarah's making me feel like I'm a silly shaking her head. (laughs) You are silly. Um, No, no, I'm I'm totally with you. I think it's interesting to think too of like, okay, yeah, it's not that much footage, but it's it has to mean something what they're showing you and the idea of like okay they don't some, show it by accident right yeah. there's some glowing orb and then link's hand is glowing and they're showing a literal deteriorated weapon like they're showing the master sword breaking down and so maybe that's a hint because the vo here at this point anuma is saying there's a <laughs> a wider variety of features uh than even that including new encounters and new gameplay elements because he's talking about like it goes beyond just going to the sky and the ground um, so when he's talking about new gameplay elements and stuff, 
I mean, is it too much of a stretch to think that if they're focusing on showing a deteriorated weapon, that maybe that like glowing orb is some way to like repair weapons? And this is all like talking maybe. or hinting towards something with the weapon durability. Sarah, call it right now. <laughs> what are they trying to convey in that they're shot? They're trying to convey, understand they're delaying the game. Mm-hmm. Here's three seconds of the footage we already showed you, but like past it now. Right. Please just hold on to this. Make YouTube videos about this. We'll see you in 2023. That's it. You're, you're saying and that's we not... were grateful. Yeah, yeah. but I think it's, I think it's hinting <laughs> at something. It's hinting at some larger feature. And the fact that it's you know number one piece of feedback I feel like from the last game was I hate breakable weapons, and that one of the very important details they're showing in this video is here's a broken weapon that we're focusing on. Winky, winky. I think that that's meaning something. Whether that and it, means and that, it is the master sword, right? The the one unbreakable weapon with asterisks in the original game. Right, because how did it work in the original game? It was like... I don't remember. It wasn't yeah, how it gets tarnished. Yeah, yeah, you'd have to okay. like recharge it. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, but yeah, still exciting to see. And the weird thing too is then this is now going to be the biggest gap between mainline Zelda games ever, which is wild. Is that true? I think so. Yeah, because before it was Twilight Princess Discovered Sword, I think. Wow. Was it 2006 I hadn't even factored that. That's interesting. 2011. Um, but yeah, it's wild to think because I think when this game was first revealed, the kind of vibe was, oh, they're kind of doing a bit of a Majora's Mask of like kind of reusing parts of that world, try and get out the door sooner. So I'm sure COVID is a huge component of this, but it has to make you wonder how much are they shaking up the formula? How much are the new systems just that complicated to work through? How much does the time mechanic mess with all this stuff? So... And also, Jeff, is this the longest we've gone with a game being announced where we do not know the official name? Because we're going on three years now of just calling it the sequel to the Breath of the Wild. I'm sure there's there's been longer than that. Uh, I don't know. For a code name? I'm curious. But anyway, spring 2023 is what they're saying. So everybody get ready. Um, oh, Nick for Atlanta. I just forgot of war. What's that? And now just God of War. Honestly. Like, look, well, give me a date or delay it. Like, I'm waiting. Just just let me know. Mm. Just let me know what's going down. Because I feel like those are the biggest, like, this window. And we're like, really, though? Are you, is you actually? So I, I'm just glad that it's no longer a, uh, something we have to, like, really, like, worry about or take up mental space with. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also gives me more time to procrastinate on finishing the first game, which I still have not finished. Um, so, and I didn't get this in my draft, so I'm glad this got delayed because now I don't have to suffer losing all the points for it. it. Congratulations. Um, Nick from Atlanta writes and he says, Hey cohorts, uh, who do you think are the people that are most relieved by Breath of the Wild 2's delay? Is it from software breathing a sigh of relief that they don't have to compete this year for game of the year? Reviewers that they don't need to rush through another massive game at the end of the year? Conversely, who's the most worried by the delay? Uh, maybe Nintendo investors or something. I don't know. Um... But yeah, I, I like that a question of just who's breathing the biggest sigh of relief. Reviewers. Reviewers. Yeah, because like I mean, at the end of the day, like the accolades are nice and stuff, but I don't think I don't know how much teams care about that versus like other, you know, like the idea of no one else being like hot enough to compete. Like, it, especially from software, just seems like yeah they could give zero craps about any of that. <laughs> like they they make their own weird games. And they're in their own, you know, focus and they are masters of their trade if there ever were any. And I just don't think they 
what they're they're going to be upset that they can't get a min max award this year <laughs> yes because yes, of breath be of the wild come on yeah he's going to throw his keely award right out the window he's going to be so furious miyazaki over there the one that he's coveting just constantly <laughs> petting it keely. yes he's, he's nestling with it in bed just like a beautiful maiden um well hey we should probably move on to community questions here everybody um janet would you want to bow out before questions yeah all right bye thanks all for right. being here janet Hey, Sarah, do you know how this whole thing operates? Does it have to do with Patreon.com? That's right. Uh, we exist. This podcast exists because of your support. Going to Patreon.com slash with two ends. There's a link below. Check it out. Check out the tiers, different options. We have a new month coming up, which means it's the best time ever to jump in with MinMax. Also, Sarah, if I may tease something in a very kind of mm-hmm. funny-esque way, stay tuned to MinMax next week. It might be a very exciting week for folks. Um, so please, it's a good time to jump in. We'd appreciate it. Also, thank you to some of MinMax's biggest supporters, including the tabletop game Voices in My Head. It's from Unexpected Games. It's inspired by Pixar's Inside Out. You play as courage, cowardice, honesty, and selfishness. And then one person is the prosecutor in this courtroom. And the prosecutor is trying to send a character named Guy Johnson to prison. And then the rest of the tabletop game is you uh, competing with your friends to control different parts of Guy Johnson's brain to argue about why you shouldn't go to prison. It's a wild game, but if you're very big on theme, I think you'll enjoy Voices in My Head from Unexpected Games. Now, here's the thing. Um, you'll get a free chance to figure out if you will like this game because we are giving away copies on Twitter. Sarah... That's you have a very good ad read face through this entire thing. It's like a lot of Thank reaction you. shots. Um, but anyways, if you follow MinMax Show on Twitter, uh, this Thursday we will have a way for you to win Voices in My Head. Unexpected Games will actually ship that out to you. So follow us on Twitter and get ready for a free copy of Voices in My Head, the tabletop tabletop game to be coming your way. Also, thank you to our dear friends at Fixture Gaming. They want everybody to know about the Fixture S1, which is a switch that you put on your Nintendo Switch Pro controller or a little clip that you put on there so you can slide the screen on there and then play with the best Nintendo Switch controller on the go with the Fixture S1. Uh, There's a link below if you want to check it out. There's a carrying case bundle on Amazon, but by itself, it is $35 for this funky thing. And they are working on the Fixture S2 for the OLED model for the Switches well so if you're looking for a very convenient and comfortable way to play your switch on the go check out the fixture s1 and uh, tip of the cap to fixture gaming for supporting minmax for a hell of a long time thank you it's been a fun ride fixture gaming we'll see you again in the future also thank you to our friends at i am 8-bit they want everybody to know about genesis noir the soundtrack it is that double vinyl soundtrack for one of my favorite indie games from last year uh, it is a uh, gold foil trifold jacket. It has Easter eggs for audio sleuths as well. The album art is by Genesis Noir creator Evan Anthony, and it includes the digital soundtrack, just in case you don't have a record player at home. But you can check that out at iMateBit's wonderful online store. And anything that you buy in this store, if you use the promo code MarchMadness, no space, March Madness, you get 10% off everything under $100. We got to uh, meet some of the folks last week at GDC uh, that work at IM8Bit and got to check out their physical store at GDC. And it was very fun to finally connect with those folks. So thanks for all the support, IM8Bit. You can help support them because they are very generous with us and the community because every single week they ship out something wonderful from their online store to whoever has the best question of the week. Jeff, do you know how this works? Uh, You read a bunch of questions. Yeah, but where do the questions come from? They come from the community. That's right. And patreon.com slash minmax. And what level support do you need to be to submit a question? Any level. <laughs> That's right. This guy's a pro. So you support us in any tier, submit a question, 
Every week, we choose our favorite, and that person wins a wonderful prize. This week, uh, I'm 8-Bit is shipping out the Blazeball soundtrack. It's a double vinyl soundtrack with music by the garages. So if you want the soundtrack to Blazeball on vinyl, you can check that out. So everybody, please pay attention to each and every question submitted on Patreon, and then we're going to choose our absolute favorite. And everybody watching us live at the Backstage Pass here, uh, also please help us choose the best question, whichever question makes the show better. All right, y'all ready for this? Ready. Here we go. Ready. Okay. Just so everyone's nice and confused, Janet decided to come back, and Kyle decided that he had to go. So, Janet, welcome back from the ether. You're you're a champion. Hello. Hello. Um, I hope you're ready to answer all the questions exactly as Kyle would have answered them, if that works for you. That'd be really fun. I'm probably just going to answer them as me, though. Okay, but right, I'll be well. thinking of Kyle in my heart and my spirit, as I always am. And we ask every listener to also think of Kyle in their heart and in their spirit. Um, Eric Bushell writes in and says, Hey, everybody. Uh, what was the first game you remember owning? Not your sibling's game or a game your parents own, but the first game that was truly yours and you still have a copy of that game. Mine was Streets of Rage 2 on the Genesis. Um, he says, I played the NES games before, but those are my sister's games. Yeah, I like the, the sibling thing. Like, I was the... F- I have two older sisters, but they both weren't really into games. I sort of like Apple II stuff, and we all kind of owned those together, so I didn't really have that like inheriting games for my siblings thing. I like how many qualifications you snuck in there at the very end. Mm-hmm. Do you like that? <laughs> like- yeah. Um, they have to specifically be yours, and you still have to own them. And <laughs> you bought them on a Tuesday. Yeah, I, I'm really trying to think because, like, I think my first system that was mine was a Game Gear. Um, but I'm trying to think, like, it came with columns. I remember. Do you know the Game Gear, Sarah? Really? What year was it? Um, let's see. It's that character that's in the ball in the new version of Monkey Ball. They put a Game Gear in there. Um, the Game Gear, bull, was it ninety? three or something i don't know let's see um but uh, it's just that handheld sega thing it was just a chunky beast and it went through batteries so fast but the point was it came with super columns remember that and i'm trying to think of the first game that i probably bought outside of that and i think it was bart versus the world i think that would have been my go-to stopping point for a game gear game how old were you uh, i don't know little baby 37 boy? yeah 37 years old. i don't know six or seven or something like that yeah um do you all remember the first game you technically owned fully by yourself well, that I still own is like the weird part. Yeah. Like mm, I well, got I rid of a lot that. of my games for for something I still own. I'm probably like Jack and Daxter because it's like in the P- though I didn't buy it for myself. I, you know, it was given to me directly. Like it wasn't a hand me down game. Yeah. Like probably the PS2 games that I still have, which again most of those I got rid of, but I still have my original like Jack and Daxter like trilogy on the PS2. So that's probably the oldest one. For first that I got, that was just given to me. That is tough. I guess it might still be in that PS2 era or maybe like, oh, maybe a Game Boy game or something because I had, like we shared and did the hand-me-down console thing for a little while, like with the SNES and the N64. And then I got my PS2 for consoles. But between then, I did have my own Game Boy. So my first game might be that Smurfs game I got for my Game Boy Pocket. Long live the Smurfs game. Jeff, yeah. were, you, were you busy Googling what the ball and cup game was called? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. The old ball and cup. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Donkey Kong Country. Yeah. Even though, you know, like my sibling, my brother definitely played it as well. But I feel like I was probably the driving force in that one. Yeah. Go ahead and guess. I think that's fair. By the way, Game Gear was 1990. I was way off. Um, but I got it late because we weren't a wealthy family. Uh, Sarah, do you have some, one for this? See, mine would have been Super Smash Bros. Melee because my God, first console cool. was the GameCube, but I I fail in that I no longer own it because I was a very 
bad child who would leave my games out next to the GameCube. And somebody stepped on it. Oh, no. And my mom told me my dad did it so I wouldn't get upset. Because I wouldn't, like, you know, get mad at my dad for stepping on it. I'd be too scared to, you know, be upset. But actually, I thought that it was my sister. Ooh, and she would have had it coming. Oh, that would have been brutal. I knew that I would have gone after her. <laughs> That's such she a... Like those her. Slenderman girls. Yeah. <laughs> that was the first Slenderman murder. I it's, have the that, box. That's a tough thing to step on, too. Like, they're well, so yeah, small. Well, the GameCube gis- discs were so small. I think it was intentional. I think she jumped onto it like it was a twister circle. I just, how do you accidentally like step on it? Yeah, she's no good. Is your sister cool? No. Okay, yeah, she's no good. She also deleted did- my Harvest Moon save, so oh. I feel like it's on, feels like it's on purpose. Mm. Yeah, let's turn this entire podcast into just a vendetta podcast against your sister. Uh, Vincent, did you say step on it like a twister circle? I was trying to think of something like a circle. Well, I was trying to think of a circle you stomp on, and my foot, my mind immediately went to stepping on like a left foot blue thing, but that's. I don't know. What's a better example? What would you, what would you stamp on? A grape? That's probably better. <laughs> like a tiny little grape? Yeah, sure. Yeah. How much would you pay to do one of those grape stomping things, Jeff? Um, if I was like, I got one in my backyard, you can stomp grapes and make wine. I'm not paying you for that. What? <laughs> what, if I, what if I paid you $20? Would you come over and do it? No. You're, you need to lighten up, dude. <laughs> you need to learn how to have fun. Because <laughs> that would be a blast. Hey, David Dubs writes in and he says, Hey, everybody, are skill trees an outdated piece of game design? A common point in reviews for games that include skill trees like Ghostwire Tokyo is that the combat of the game feels boring until at least half of the skill trees unlocked. Um, I did see that stream, Sarah. When those skill trees popped up, uh, you immediately were like, F this. I, I've just gotten to a point where, like, if I see a skill tree, I'm like, okay, I already don't, I don't like skill trees. Unless it's, like, class-based, you know, a la Skyrim, where I can be, like, you can, like, really change what class or, like, actually change how you play. Right. My, like, bibbidi-bobbidi-boo doing 5% more damage now that I put points into it means nothing to me, and I wish it was more attached just to leveling or story. Like, it just seems so micromanaging and for what? Yeah. Yeah, that that's the differentiating factor for me as well. Like if if it's a if it's a skill tree where I'm getting actual new skills or abilities, then that's cool to me. But if but the percentage increases, it's like you guys didn't have ideas for a skill tree, but you still put one in there. And that's right. that's on you. Yeah. One of the skills in Ghostwire is like you can wear two bracelets now instead of just one bracelet and it's like whoa. <laughs> slow down. <laughs> Games are too fun sometimes. Uh, Interrata writes in and says, Howdy, cohorts. Uh, do you think Rockstar will take any open world designs from Breath of the Wild and Elden Ring when making Grand Theft Auto 6? Or do you think they'll stick with their own open world philosophies? I think this is a fascinating question. I, I have thought so little about Grand Theft Auto 6. Just because, I mean, there's rumors that it's, what, 2024, I think, is when it seems like they've paved way for it for the 2K financials and stuff, but... I don't know. Yeah. Are they, Jeff, do you think they're going to take any? I guess that's just code for even more open, go anywhere. I, I feel like that's a 0% yeah. chance of like Rockstar is another one of those companies where they do their own thing. They know what they want to do. They've probably been working on it for the past five years. And I don't think they're they're looking around saying, oh, we got to add a glider or, <laughs> you know, 
a spectral horse to the next. Like, yeah, I I think those seeds have been laid so long ago of of what they want this next game to do. That they're not they're not looking for. And also, I feel like Rockstar. It's out of all the developers. I, I feel like they would bristle at that idea to begin with. Like, if they didn't come up with the idea, I don't think it's going in the game. They 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 would probably be against it, even if it was something they would do. Right, right. Just, just the idea of someone ever look pointing to one of their games and saying, oh, yeah, they must have been, you know, inspired by Breath of the Wild. I'm sure they'd be like, F that. We're deleting this game off of everyone's hard drives. But it's weird for a studio's history where they're so clearly inspired by every movie. But I feel like you're right. If you bring up the <laughs> well, that's perfect, completely different. Right, yeah. that's respectable and cool. We're gonna be our tours. Yeah, um, yeah, and I think it's also. I mean, I think Breath of the Wild and Elden Ring's worlds work so well because of kind of a more subtle narrative. And uh, Rockstar is not known for their backseat narrative, um, so I, I, I don't think so. But it's an interesting question. Uh, Eric Dowdy writes in, says, My eight-year-old son and I blasted through the entirety of Kirby and the Forgotten Land this weekend, and the game deserves your respect. He says. So let everybody learn that. Ben. And that's right. Um, and he also thought it was amusing when he saw hold Y to spit when you're in mouthful mode. So it got me thinking, what are some of your favorite unsavory button prompts in video games? Unsavory button prompts. I just got to say, I did notice that. I feel like the entire reason it's called mouthful mode is because it's press Y to like mouthful. Because you can't do press Y to like suck or swallow like the internet just would not allow that to happen oh, so that's why they had to come up with this like really bizarre word for it but that's what kirby already does but i guess do they say yeah suck but they don't want that on a button prompt right and like super I think they say suck inhale for inhale. the um, mm. yeah smart. so they kind of like sidestepped it entirely which i thought was very creative that is really smart it's um, gross things um yeah. i don't know i mean i, I I think the most unsavory thing I can think of that I was prompted to do is that um, that uh, minigame in God of War where you have to like have sex with somebody behind the scenes. I don't right. know what the button prompt was for that, though. I don't know if it was like square to have sex or something. Like, I don't remember. <laughs> I feel like it was kind of they have to put something there. So I imagine it was kind of like weird. So yeah, that, that one is burned in my mind. Was they, called not a fan. It, they called it mouthful mode, I think. I, the one that I immediately thought of was like, uh, Metal Gear Solid Five, like having the prompt for the D horse, where you can go do it, and then he craps, right? Like so, I guess having Snake yell "do it" at a horse to poop is up there. Yeah, and Death Stranding is kind of weird too. Yeah, that is true. That's true. <laughs> a different different kind of unsavory, but the um, press X or whatever to salute in Call of Duty. I think have to pay respects. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Different flavor unsavory. Um, by the way, fun- some things don't need button prompts like sometimes like you don't have to like press button to do this really just do it just do it yeah just make my character do it yeah and like where the developers sitting around being like okay we got this minute and a half sequence we got it we got to have some kind of interactivity to it oh like this is it okay now now this this will fly with gamers they're they're having their input for it i bet on that press have to pay respects i think it was sincerely a moment of i think they thought that it was going to be like a powerful choice like you choose when to pay respects i think that was coming from a sincere place knowing the studio founders a bit um steister writes in he says hey minmax crew what is the best selling game that you've never played i love this uh he says for example uh, gta 5 has sold tens of millions of copies but i haven't gotten a chance to play it yet i think free to play stuff is confusing how about we put that right out you know um 
Sorry, Sarah. Because you don't want to say that you didn't play League of Legends. Is that I, the reason? I will not admit Was on this podcast. Was it specifically League of Legends? <laughs> By the way, it's really funny on our music podcast, Crossfade, uh, which Matt Helgeson hosts, who used to be the host of the Gameformer show and whatnot. You should subscribe to it. It's our music podcast. It's fun. Um, but they were talking about on the last episode, they're talking about a song that was in Arcane, that League of Legends show. And Matt Helgeson is like, he knows everything about music, but for game stuff, he's a little bit checked out these days, you know? And so he's, he like learned that this song was from a League of Legends TV show. And he just got a big laugh and he goes, oh boy, how big of a piece of sh is that? And like, he had no idea that it's like, oh no, it's like sitting at 100% Rotten Tomatoes and everybody loves it. Like, but he had the, he had the correct read with those ingredients, I think. Okay, so, yeah, what do you think? Best-selling game that you've never played at Skyrim. All. Skyrim. Never even started Skyrim. Correct. And I wow. looked down, I just Googled, like, best-selling games and went to, like, the wiki, which yep. I don't know how accurate it I'm is. I'm there right now. <laughs> you guys yep. read them off and we can, like, yay yeah, 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 yeah. yay? Yep. Yes, do it. Um, of course you want to do that, you freaking horse girl. Okay, here we go. <laughs> uh, number one is Minecraft. Janet's playing yay. it recently. All right, there we go. Yay. Yay. Uh, Grand Theft Auto Five. Haven't finished it, but yay. Nay, I haven't nay. started it yet. I do have Ooh. it. I have it there. I, I went on vacation, so I haven't started it. Okay. So um, I don't know how to pronounce this next one. Tetris. I mean, come on, what are you doing? I mean, if yay. I'd be Everyone's amazed. Like, yay. I've, yeah, yay. Every version they put out. Let's mm -hmm. go. Yep. Uh, Wii Sports. I like the mobile version, actually. I do too. I do too. I don't mind mobile Tetris. Okay. I even like. Yay. Do you remember that weird, funky version of mobile Tetris? We talked about it with. Uh, Nicole Zivilich a couple times when she was on, but that it was like going for the HQ thing, where it's like a daily oh. Tetris challenge on mobile. I even like that freaky version. Um, okay, uh, PUBG. Yay. I don't think I actually yep. have, but you Ooh. said that doesn't count because it's free to play. Well, it's free to play now, but it wasn't at launch. Oh. But you're right, that's that's a confusing one. Super Mario Brothers, I assume, yay. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Nintendo made damn sure that we've all played this game. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep, yep, can't dodge it. Jeff, have you played Mario Kart 8? I played a little. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, Pokemon Red, Green, Blue, or Yellow. Yep. yep. Okay. Yep. Jeff, I'm really. Yeah, I played the original a little bit. Wow. Uh, this is this is mine. Uh, we fit. I don't think oh, that's same. where I, I get it. off to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 played I, it. I don't think I've ever started it. Would that be fun to go back to? Yeah, it, I think it would be fun because it'll say that we're all horribly overweight <laughs> Morbidly and that we're literally obese. on the verge of dying <laughs> okay cool like in the world of ring fit though like do i need we fit i feel like ring fit is probably better in every way right uh, like i think so uh oh this is interesting uh red dead redemption 2 is the next one i've Yay. played it uh-huh okay so everybody's out at this point right Yep. Okay. Great. Yep. Uh, let's see. Bop, 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 bop. Oh, here's perfect. Here's here's perfect question. Mitch says, "Howdy. Because of some circumstances with work, my iPhone will be my primary gaming device for the next couple weeks. What are your current favorite mobile games? Paid, free, Ooh. or Apple Arcade recommendations are welcome. Apple Arcade is like the must. Um, Five dollars a month. Like you can cancel any time. The only thing I don't like about Apple Arcade is that you can't just pay it annually. Um, oh really? But there's so many great titles. I mean, Grindstone is probably the first one that comes to mind. Yeah. Uh, it's like one of the best games that I've played in like recent years. It's fantastic. Uh, you know, like a match puzzle game. I'll just kind of name some out because you can look into them further if there's interest. Um, I'm playing Lego Builders Journey right now on oh, yeah, Apple that, Arcade, that's cool. and that one's. It's super beautiful. Like the animations are just incredible. It's this nice little puzzle game. Um, I'm trying to think of other like fire things from App Arcade. I made a list back when I was at IGN. Yeah. Of the best ones. Uh, so Janet, I'll try to pull that Janet. up. Janet, you're forgetting about the Oregon Trail. 
So, oh yeah, Oregon Trail. Yeah, that one I like that one a lot. Pretty much honestly, Albor Cage is just like a key place to start. Even just scrolling through, you'll find like a bunch of stuff. Like I really like Pinball yeah. Wizard on there. Yeah. Crossroad Castle is like a platformer that's fun. Fantasia. Um, like a weird color game. Yeah, Fantasian, if you like JRPGs from the creator of Final Fantasy, I think that game's solid. I played the first couple hours there. Um, Overlands on there. Oh yeah. Uh my go-to is always just Bejeweled Blitz. Um although they have like, you know, the gross free-to-play Bejeweled, but there's some weird legacy version of like bejeweled classic that's barely functioning on iphone these days and it's loaded with ads but that's still like every time i have a flight or something it's like okay i will now play bejeweled while watching the last duel and the headrest in front of me that's like um i really love mode. dear reader on apple arcade um it's oh yeah. basically like a reading you can, we can also just straight up read books on there they have like it's like a reading puzzle game that's really cool sinar wild hearts is on apple arcade as well even though i think it's better on console um and there's like Oh, man. Oh, there's a game called Hidden Folks that I played a lot on PC that's actually on App Arcade as well. And it is so fun and so cute. It is basically a like an I spy game. Um, and it's like lightly animated as well. So you can like kind of click it. So it's like an interactive I spy game. And it's like really nice. Right. Uh, the sound design's really odd, um, but the game is really good. Huh. Uh, Luke writes in, look, this is self-serving, so please forgive me, everybody. Uh, Luke writes in, he wasn't the only one, and he said, hey, been in CLCs. Uh, I gotta say, the Secrets of Game Development GDC podcast last week, last week was probably my favorite piece of content you all have ever put out. That level of insider nerdy nonsense was awesome to hear, and it's not something I get from other outlets. I hope some people give Patreon a try, as that podcast is worth the price on its own. Look at that. Unprompted, Luke wrote that, and somebody else wrote it, too. Nice. Um, yeah, so nice. what that was is uh, Leo and I after attending dozens and dozens of panels um, with game developers at GDC last week, um, at the end of the week, we then just sat on the hotel bed and just went through all of our notes of the most interesting tidbits, which is a lot of gaming insight and knowledge. So you unlock that at the $5 tier if you're looking for a good piece of content to jump in on. I think it was a fun time. Um, sassy Little Imp <laughs> writes in, we finally got the Sassy Little Imp. Uh, they write in saying, I remember when L.A. Noir talked up the use of motion capture to enable the player to detect lies through subtle visual cues. In practice, it looked like the character sniffing a fart every time they lied. I still love the idea, but I haven't seen it done all these years later. What is the best mechanic or innovation that has been attempted but not realized by developers? Tough. Tough. The one I still go back to, and I guess you can debate whether they pulled it off or not, but it's it's physics-based destruction on the level of Red Faction Guerrilla. Yes. Which was like the one game, I think they did do a great job of it, but I, I think you even did a video with them, Hanson, where they were talking about just yep. how hard it was to pull off, and it was basically a nightmare, and they would never never do it again on the same scale. And which is why they made Red Faction Armageddon, and they're like, and now with less destructibility. <laughs> Everyone's like, yeah. boo! Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you ever check out Teardown on Steam, Jeffum? I haven't. Okay. No, no, yeah. I love Teardown. Do you? It's really fun. Yeah, you should stream it, Jeffum, if you're going on your... It's really good. Yeah, Jeffum's okay. on a big kick. Uh, he's been streaming on Twitch uh, recently on MinMax's channel every Thursday. Um, but uh, are you just Googling games where things blow up destructive <laughs> games and that's what you're that, streaming i may have googled that at one point yes <laughs> it's very odd so hey they're right in your wheelhouse um yeah i'm trying to think of other things i thought of like the poke walker or like anything where kind of like that exercise can feed back into the game mm -hmm. outside of like a pokemon go or something like that like there's something cool about having an exercise peripheral associated yeah. with it i feel like the before your eyes 
anything to do with like eye tracking. Mm, yeah. I feel like hasn't been fully utilized yet, but also the technology is very hard. But I would love to see more of that. Yeah, well, isn't there something with like the PSVR 2? I think that has like yep. eye tracking on the inside. And so maybe that would come up with some funky avenues. I don't know. Uh, One-Armed Wolf writes in and says, I found that any attempt to discuss some of Elden Ring's weaknesses on any public forum has been met with almost universal pushback. Can you all remember a game being more universally adored than Elden Ring? Portal? I mean, like, Did anyone Breath have anything nice about Portal? Ooh. No, I think Breath of the Wild was more divisive. Yeah, people were like, oh, there's no dungeons, and I hate that my stick is broken. <laughs> yeah, everybody kept <laughs> and screaming And I'm like, who that. cares? Yeah. Like, <laughs> and maybe it was just, you know, being in Game Informer at the time, but yeah, being subjected to that daily debate about whether or not the weapon durability thing sucks. Portal is a very good answer, Janet. I mean, I think that might be right. <laughs> I mean... What else is there? I mean, there's stuff... I don't know. I'm trying to think of, like, God of War. I'm trying to think of, like, the big ones that have just annihilated in reviews recently, but I feel like everything has always come with, like, some as as. but Elden Ring is just another yeah, and, level. and especially the fact that Elden Ring is doing it in 2022. Right. As opposed to Portal, you know, 15 years ago when people weren't... It wasn't quite as... Like, everyone needs a hot take nowadays, and the fact that there aren't more hot takes complaining about Elden Ring... And more contrarians is right. Is surprising. Aaron T watching us live at the backstage past here says Mario Galaxy, or even Mario Odyssey. It is true. I don't think the highs were as high for Mario Odyssey, but nobody that I saw had like one negative thing to say about Mario Odyssey. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Write in, please. Uh, I'm curious to see if you got an answer for that one. Uh, Jordan Brown writes in and says, "What games have you sold over the years that you most regret getting rid of?" For me, it's either Skies of Arcadia Legends, Shadow Hearts, or Lunar Silver Star Story Complete. Great choices. Oh, I love Shadow Hearts. Um, yeah, games you sold that you regret. I'm trying to think of the ones that I've bought back, because that happens to me, like, uh, quite a few times. You buy it back? rid of games and then buy them later, yeah. Like, uh, I think my, my brother did that with Mario Odyssey, I think, actually. Like, he bought it and then sold it, and then I think he bought it again and then sold it again. <laughs> like, just like, I'm not going to play this again. And he's like, what if I want to, though? Like, let me get it again. <laughs> um, so I'd have to just think of, like, when that's happened. Honestly, a lot of my games I didn't even sell, embarrassingly. I just got rid of them, like, when I was a kid. Mm. We didn't even trade them in. We just kind of, like, lost them to time. Um, but yeah, at this point, I don't sell anything now unless it's something that I genuinely just did not like mm. or I really, really, really know I'm never going to play again. Like, I enjoyed my time with Gears of War, you know, Gears of War Ultimate or whatever, but I'm not going to I'm not going to play that again. Totally. But also, it only goes for like 50 cents now. So it's like maybe I'll just keep it because, yeah, know, whatever. But I feel like I talked about it before, but there was some deal. Uh, Dan Reichert found it years ago, but there's some deal where if you traded in DS games at Target, somehow, you got, like, a crazy amount of money back. Do you remember this, Jeff? Um, there was, mm -hmm. For some reason, there was just, like, some window of time where I traded in, like, a bunch of my DS games, and I really regret it, because, like, oh, I guess I do kind of... I wish I had those old Pokemon saves. Just, like, that, that simple thing. Like, just knowing I have the option to boot up these old things is kind of nice, and now I feel gutted. Um, I guess, like, yeah, all my PlayStation 1 stuff, like, I got rid of maybe like half that library. Now it's just kind of hit and miss what I have left over and it feels gross. But but in general, let the past go. Yeah. I think I still have Donkey Kong Country in a box. Nice. So, nice. Yeah. Um, okay, this is a weird one. 
Uh, Luke Strain writes then, it says, uh, This question was inspired by Sarah's admission of the time she tricked her friend at Mario Kart and was made to apologize. Below are things that I did as a kid that I still feel bad about today. Please tell me if I should feel bad about them or not. All right, here we go. Okay, I'm ready to pass judgment. That's right, that's right. I won a Zune at my friend's birthday party from a prize machine, and I didn't give it to him. That you don't have to feel bad oh, about that. No, yeah, no. you're good. Luke, no, it's fair no. game. You're absolutely, absolutely. If they made you feel bad. It was a Zune. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I don't like the attitude of any kid that's like, well, it's my birthday, so if anybody, if anything good happens to anybody here, they have to give it to On me. You have to transfer it yeah. to me. Yeah, that yeah. sucks. That sucks. In fact, I hate your friend for even suggesting that, if he indeed did. He's a terrible friend. I mm-hmm. hate him. Uh, I can't even choose who I dislike more, Sarah's sister or Luke's friend. Or this Th- random friend. Ugh. Anyways, Luke writes in and he says, um, I convinced my brother to try the necromancer class in Diablo 2 but was too busy to help him buy gear, so he wasted money on a staff instead of buying a wand like a necromancer should. I think you're fine. Can you at least give him some tips? Yeah, that's kind of... Too busy. How busy are you, really? But that's that's not so bad. He got to... I mean, did he ask? Like... You know what I mean? Like I, I put that on on the on the brother. You can... Yeah. Uh, you chose to, like, go for it, and then you didn't follow up on it yeah it's fine. yeah uh my friend bragged about how good he was at soul caliber so i beat him over and over until he rage quit and stormed out of the room <laughs> i think that's fine he was that bragging. just taught him a valuable life mm-hmm. lesson yeah absolutely okay it depends Don't on how break. mean you were about making them continue i think right. i need more context like if they were crying saying i don't want to do this anymore luke i don't want to do like, this anymore gonna play again <laughs> right you remember how much you bragged um all right, I played on my brother's Dynasty Warriors file without asking him. Ooh, that's not cool. Dynasty mm-hmm. Warriors, though, I think you can replay missions in Dynasty Warriors, can't you? I'm pretty sure you can. Well, then you gotta like go back and like know which missions got played already. Yeah, and, like, I, I, I just think... can't imagine anyone using my save without asking me about it. Yeah, Even though I will admit that I I did uh, use my boyfriend's Animal Crossing Island to time travel before I was willing to do it on my own island, and he got really upset yeah. when he found out that I was doing it. Yeah. I didn't think you didn't tell him that you were no. doing That's no, no, time person. traveling. Yeah, oh, I mean, he didn't notice. Janet. He was never gonna know. He was Trace never gonna know. Janet. Yeah, yeah. And then I felt bad because I'm like, oh, I I genuinely thought he wouldn't care. I'm like, you haven't played this game in like ever. You beat it and you haven't played it since. Yeah. I'm like, okay, fair enough. So yeah, that was wrong of me, wrong of this guy too. But I think don't I, play people's stuff without well, asking. Yeah, that's true. But I think there's a huge difference between story-based game. If there's just like an RPG and you like did a dungeon or something, like that's that's bad. That's like yeah. The, the difference between playing on someone's thing and time crimes is mm-hmm. time crimes. Huge. Look, I'm yeah. not saying that we're one to one, but we're cut from the same <laughs> jank cloth. Okay, you know, I like did something well, like that too. Why not just ask? Like you know, and that's that's what, that's what I regret. Where I'm like, you know what? If I asked, I would have known then that it would. Mm. You know, I assumed it'd be fine. Don't assume. Just ask. Yeah, yeah. Or don't yeah. get caught. I did something like that too with The Sims Four. I started a new family in my sister's neighborhood. In the, on the same game, and she had a sim family in there, and then when I was playing my family, her family was aging, so she came back and everybody was dead. <laughs> essentially, because I was like wow. progressing time with my family. That's amazing. Yeah, that was a little, I, would, I was like, I guess you could just like start again. Yeah. I think, um, I think Luke's clear. I think, um, they're still... Those all seem like very old crimes. Yeah, yeah. Tell us some darker crimes, Luke, uh, and then we'll judge whether or not uh, your soul is pure or whatever we do on this podcast. Uh, Mike Lynch writes in and says, hey, y'all, uh, of the... Th- oh, this is... I love this one, Mike. 
I, I don't even want to read it because I like it too much. I just like savoring it myself. Uh, but anyways, I guess Mike says, of the three major video game console developers, Nintendo, PlayStation, and Xbox, who do you think panders to their audience the most? It's a good... What is, how are we defining pandering here? Uh, Jeff, um, you're a dictionary. How do you define pander? Well, I was kind of wondering that too because my first instinct was Nintendo but yeah. Nintendo doesn't give in, like, they yes. give so little that yes. I wouldn't call it pandering. It's just Nintendo fans eat it up so much. So it's uh, the, the definition of pander, to gratify or indulge an immoral or distasteful desire, need, or habit of a person with such a desire, etc. So I think that indulge, I think, is uh, it's a good way of looking at this. Because, yeah, Nintendo will be like, I don't know, here's a Mario button you can wear, and here's a t-shirt with a mushroom on it you know i feel like there's a certain amount but then not giving in to people screaming about f-zero for what feels like 57 years at this point like there's those things that it doesn't Although, uh sarah does have a picture of froggy chair on her microphone right now Ooh. and they did they indulged on that one that is That's true, true. Yeah, why we were like the one time nintendo pandered uh-huh. <laughs> i will say on it on tape so I'm like, looking at like the Merriam-Webster dictionary, which is like my preferred dictionary when I have to look up stuff. Um, you guys have yes, dictionary? very fancy. No. <laughs> yeah, I even I even bought a version of it on my phone for a while because I wanted it without ads. Um, anyway, so for the first definition, the gratification of others' desires. My first thought is Microsoft because I think they're the most like yeah. their brand is about we're the good guys. We're consumer friendly. Yep, like yep. we want everyone to play wherever. And like, what's your favorite game? Ours is a PlayStation game. Cause we're really nice. Yes, and like all the games yes. are free. Like, you know, there's no offense to Microsoft. Like that's their <laughs> brand. And I, and I like, I like game. game pass ultimate, but that is like, that's facts. Like that's yeah. how they, and they're yeah. successful with it. Yeah. If we're doing though, exploiting the weaknesses of others, definitely Nintendo. Nintendo will, yeah. Clean me out. They're running me dry. Like, I'm just, I'm down bad for Nintendo, and they get whatever they want from me, no matter what. You're um, right. I have almost no capacity to have any morality with this company. <laughs> um, so that's that for that end. I, I, um, yeah, that's interesting. I, I think you're right. You're right. Just for like the nickel and diming, like, hey, buy this game again, buy this game again. Now it's on a new service. Now get Nintendo Switch Online. We're going to roll this stuff out to you for the eighth time. Why do time. I have a Mario game and watch? Right. There's no answer to that. No like, one knows. You know? No one knows. Um, so I think you're right, but yeah. I think on like the core, just pandering, like, I think I think you're right with Xbox. I, I think that is the right call. Um, not that it's all a bad thing, um, but it feels like that tone is coming I think Nintendo across. is more extortion. <laughs> yes. 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 You want this froggy chair? You want it? Right. Okay. The weaknesses. Right. And they're like, yeah. you're going to pay Nintendo, for it and you're going to thank me. You're going to beg to give me money and I'm not going to let you. Crawl right. for it. And I'm, I'm down. I'm down there. I'm crawling through the dirt. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. I think this has, I'm critiquing as I crawl, but I'm still crawling. Like, <laughs> I'm crawl. down there with like get all in the, of everybody Get in else. the line have, with everyone else who's crawling. Yep. Yes. Yep. Like, yep. And I'm like, I, I'm like, I'm just letting y'all know that I don't think we should be down here, but also like, you know, get out the way because I'm, yep. I'm down here in the dirt with you. So. That's right. That's right. Yeah, it's rough. It's rough. Uh, Justin Ray writes in and says, being content creators, I guess that's what we are, everybody. Um, do you find it difficult? By the way, I'm doing it as I'm doing it, but I realize I have such a tough time reading questions without commenting on the questions as I go. I should stop doing that. Okay, Justin Ray. We appreciate you, Justin Ray. Says, being content creators, do you find it difficult to become friends with someone who is a big fan of your content because they already know so much about you? Has anybody run into this? I don't think I really have. I don't, maybe I just don't make new friends 
But I don't think that's what I was gonna yeah. say. I was like, that was my who answer. are these friends? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's I pretty know. much been fine. I mean, I I haven't had too many people that I feel like I became friends with them and they were fans of my content. Other than um, some of my moderators, like we just kind of like you know would talk a lot and like have became like cordial and, and friendly. Yeah, and they, they, a lot of them also do content, so then it also feels a little bit more like. Oh, you're just also someone else in the space, like doing work, and we we both do work in the, the space, and it's not that big a deal. Um, I guess the one like maybe weird thing is that like that I'm fine with being friends with people that are fans of my content. I just don't want to be friends with someone who wants to be my friend because of my content. Like right. I feel like I formed those relationships just through. They're like, oh yeah, I like your work, and we talked, and it was just a very natural progression. And, and I've also become friends with people that I like their content. Like a time yeah. I met Kelsey from her podcast, but I wasn't like I love Kelsey's podcast. And now I want her to love me. Like, that's weird. That's that's weird. Like, you know, it's yeah, like, I didn't know that. her. I met her and we became friends. So I think as long as people know that line, like, I don't have mm. any problem of, oh, you watch my podcast or you like watch my streams or anything. Yeah. I had a weird situation where um, there's somebody who I haven't seen for a long time that like moved back to Minneapolis. I was like, hey, do you want to hang out soon? And they're like, yeah, by the way, I was just listening to your GDC podcast. It was like those weird things like, oh, that's so weird that like, I, I think where this strikes me is, is weird where it comes up a lot in my life is I feel like my friends that listen to this podcast, it's bizarre because I bet they feel like we hang out more than we do. Like if I listen to a podcast every week and it was like two hours of Star of Hitman 3 Grant talking about his thoughts on games, I'd be like, eh. I don't need to hang out with Grant that much. I feel like I hang out with him every every week when I listen to the podcast. And that's why none of my friends want to hang out with me, I think is what I'm trying to come oh, okay. to the conclusion of. Yeah. Yeah. No other reason. That's right. Um, by the way, uh, I don't know if this is the big news, but Crowboy just said that apparently NetEase, uh, the Chinese company, is going to acquire Quantic Dream. Mm-hmm. Live reaction on the podcast. Jeff, um, uh, I don't, it's tough to talk. I'm not about frozen. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's decidedly not frozen. Just that people. can't. That is not the. I mean, that's a big, big acquisition. News. That's not the big news. I mean, did you know about that, Janet? No, but again, okay. if I knew anything, I wouldn't say that I knew oh, anything. But I don't think tease. that's big enough okay. to be anything. All right. I mean, that's like, it's interesting, but yeah. I don't. If that's the big thing, yeah, someone overhyped how big that is. And just to keep teasing people, this is some good stuff. I know of a big thing but I don't think it fits the wheelhouse of other people and what they're teasing. So I'm waiting for that other big thing to drop. Everyone's on pins and needles. I wish that this world wasn't this way. I don't really like that we're just sitting here floating in space. People are like, I heard something might transpire. And I'm like, I don't really want to ask you because then I feel like I'm making you like tell me something that maybe you don't want to tell me, but then you're also kind of not telling me. And it's just, I don't like it. Everybody keep their big things to themselves. Right, right. Also, I'm getting this from the backstage pass. Um, and it, it was it said that it might be happening. So right, right now, yeah, that the that the quantic dream thing might not be true. All right, we'll oh. look into this. Um, okay, back to business, everybody. Uh, call off the announcements. We're we're not all super excited. Oh wait, I'm sorry. Rainbow Six Siege is adding Rick and Morty skins. Okay. Oh, there, there you go. Um, Fork writes in and says, "Hey, everybody, the sequel to Alien is Aliens." What game should have a sequel where the only thing added to the name is an S? Breath of the Wild. <laughs> I, oh, the, it's just called The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wilds? That, yeah, because there's one in the sky that now. That is, that and that was the spoiler they didn't want to reveal? Mm-hmm. That's good. I love this question. And I am very eager to see YouTube comments with people 
throwing in their suggestions of what would be the funniest way. Because I'm trying to think, does it had to have happened? Because like movie reboots, Mario are, plus Rabbitses, <laughs> yeah, Infamouses. Um, it has to have happened in the gaming space where they make a sequel and then put an S at the end. But I can't think of Street Fighters, Ecos. Tomb Raiders. There has to be an example in the video game industry of a sequel where they added co-op and they put an S on the end. It has to be out there. It takes twos. <laughs> and it's like two pairs of twos. It's four people now. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Help us out. Help us out, Hive Mind of the Internet, please. Um, okay, Tim, I'm sorry, Ty McWhirter writes in with, with a very bold one here. Um... Oh, people, people on the backstage pass. Starcraft's Pokemon's Gods of War, Breaths of the Wild. They should have removed the S from Demon Souls. Yes, just call it Demon Souls. That would have been cool. Insomniac, Spiders, man. Uh, solid suggestions, everybody. Um, so Ty, the, the answer is Super Monkey Ball. Oh my god! <laughs> Did they actually release one called Super Monkey Balls? No, but they oh. should. Okay, you're right. Ty McWhorter writes in. Um, and says, hey, everybody, I'm planning on proposing to my girlfriend in September. By the way, no one, no one spoil this for Ty's girlfriend, please. Um, and I would like to look my best for what will be a, a milestone moment in our lives. So I'm submitting my better quest goal from now until proposal time. Lose weight. I know it's not the most original, I know, but I'm putting it out there publicly for some accountability. If anyone has any tips, I'd greatly appreciate it. Um... Yeah, congratulations, Ty. That's a, that's a fun thing. Thanks for setting a goal with BetterQuest. Uh, you can jump in the Discord channel and get extra motivation. I'm sure people in there will be eager to share some uh, healthy tips for, for losing weight. I um I did one this last month um, for losing a couple pounds. Nothing too drastic. Um, but cut down drinking to just one night a week. Turns out if you drink regularly, that's a huge reason <laughs> that you've been packing on some weight. Um, and then also, this was a bold one, no snacks was the policy so that you can only eat during mealtime but it's very tough like going to like a board game night and stuff and it's like a big table of snacks and you just have to sit there on your hands the whole time um but that's a good one-two punch i think just for for starting somewhere if you want to lose a little bit of weight has anybody ever pushed for weight loss here yeah i mean i've tried to eat healthier which is what what has I will fluctuate by like 20 pounds. I don't know how much you can actually tell. Um, Not at all. But there, there are definitely pictures where I can see it in my face. But really, the, an the answer is always just make more meals yourself and you're good. Yeah. You, you don't have to worry about it. You're right. You're right. Um, I've always like just been super thin. So like I don't do any like weight loss stuff. But I did do Whole30 once with my family. Um, and I figured like, oh, well, I can still benefit from like maybe eating better, even though I'm not like trying to lose weight. And I think that's pretty effective just because a lot you just like cut out a lot of stuff that is like super calorie intensive without also doing anything so dramatic where it's like you're just drinking all your meals or anything like all the foods just totally normal like it's just they have to watch some of the ingredients and be more mindful of them yeah um and there's like a book for it like the whole 30 book has like recipes and stuff that you can take from there and that's like what we used um so that can be helpful or maybe even just incorporating some of those meals into what you cook could be something useful if you don't want to do the whole thing because i will say the whole thing is quite challenging because it's like you know and it is also like oh it's 30 days so there's the whole debate which the book gets into too of like how you should use 
this and what makes sense and what's healthy versus like, oh, I'm going to just do this for three days and then go hard on the next day and just drink a bunch of stuff, you know? So yeah. uh, something that to potentially look into if you're looking for options or ways to go about things. Um, thinking about Jeffum at his heaviest, I had a vision of like, I wonder if I've ever seen a picture of Jeffum at his heaviest. And then I, I had this flash of a vision that I completely forgot about. Did you all know that Jeffum used to have super duper long hair? Like John Romero hair? It wasn't that long. I, how long was it, it Jeffum? It was down to my shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> Can that be the podcast photo for this week? Oh Did my God. Do you have evidence of hey, that? If, if it gets me out of having to do a selfie this this uh, <laughs> week, then yeah, we do. Go uh, for it. Yeah, Follow us Kyle's on still on vacation in those photos, but like I live for Kyle's old vacation photos on that Instagram <laughs> carousel. Ones. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, for Instagram, by the way, if you don't follow us on Instagram, every time the podcast goes live, we all post selfies, and also I do a daily video update on, on what we're working on, just to hold us accountable. Um, so you can follow us on Instagram. But yeah, Jeff, um, will you post your hair pic on that Instagram feed? I mean, I don't have it. Do you? You don't have Where'd any you picture. See it? I feel like I've seen it. Is it on Facebook? You don't have any picture of yourself with long hair? That seems impossible. I'm, I mean, it was so long ago, it would be a physical photo. And I don't have those photos. My mom might have a photo of it. Okay, so follow us on Instagram for maybe a picture of Jeff with long hair. <laughs> if you don't have it, Hanson, Why then would I they're have not getting it. it. Why would I have well, it? Why is Ben being it? like the... The you, like secretary of our histories did I, here. Did I just, Hansen is like the collector of embarrassing historian. photos. That That's right. We, yeah. The historian of embarrassment, please. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe you just described it in such vivid detail. I conjured it in my mind. Maybe I never saw this hidden, dirty Polaroid Someone that you've been trying to hide. Do an artistic rendering of like, this is what we think it looked <laughs> yeah. like when it was. Right, you know? right. Okay. Uh, Muffin Crumbs writes in and says, Hey, man, Max, I've got a game for you. Janet, you're going to hate this so much, but. Here we go. I'm going to give you a word, and then you each have to come up with the name of a video game that has that word in the title. If you can't come up with a title or the or you repeat a name already mentioned, you're out. Last person standing. Why would I hate this? Because I feel like you hate trivia and being put on the spot and stuff. No, I don't hate trivia. I'm bad at it. Okay. I mean, I hate it. Okay, I like gotcha. it, but I'm, it doesn't like me. Okay, so we have to name a video game with these in the title. Now, my question is, I can see the list. There's no list of games. Should I compete as well? Sure. Sure. Okay. And none of this is real. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just bits, bits in your ears. Uh, <laughs> okay, here we go. Uh, Jeffum, Ghost. Ghostwire Tokyo. Great. Uh, Sarah? This should be easier. All, every thought has left my brain that has ever existed. Yep. Hang on. Forever. Okay. No, no Googling, obviously. I guess, yeah. Uh, Janet, if you got one, you can jump Ghost in. Janet, you can go. Yep. Oh, God. Uh, I'll go StarCraft Ghost. <laughs> Sarah. I don't have thoughts. Okay. Are you tapping out? Ghost for the Goblins? Ghost Ooh. I'm tapping. Okay. Ah, that's good, a good, good one. Um, there's got to be more Ghost. I wanna, StarCraft Ghost? I already said that. Um, oh, Ghost Recon. I, I, I can't remember anything oh, man. beyond yeah. the past yeah. 15 you, seconds. Ghost Recon Wildlands, Ghost, Ghost Recon Breakpoint, Ghost Recon... Future soldier as one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm gonna keep going. Call of Duty Ghost backstage pass says yes. Of course, of course. Um, okay, um, so all we know for sure is Sarah lost super bad in mm-hmm. that round. Okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. Star, Sarah, kick it off. You got the first one. Star Fox. Great. Um, I'm gonna go with Starcraft. Janet. 
Is Starkiller something? Well, that's a character in Force Unleashed. So I'm going to go with no. Star Wars the... Star Wars the... Lego Star Wars. Lego Star Wars. Lego Star Wars. All the Star Wars. Yeah, that's just... We, Star Wars would be here all day. Here, That's all Claimed. Lego Star Wars. Yep. All right, Jeff. I'm big star boy. Here we go. Um, star Ocean. Very good. Mm, Very good. good one. I saw one in the backstage pass. So I'm not going to use it yet. Um, yet. Oh, Star Tropics. Uh, Kirby Star Allies. Oh, that's a good one. That's good. Super Mario All Stars. Yep. Yep. Uh, Mario Party Superstars. Yeah. Is that the name of the game? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like huh. it was. Um, Star Trek, the co op game from 2009 <laughs> or 11 or something. <laughs> um, all right, now let's look at the chat. Stars star- and Stripes. Yeah. I don't know. That's probably something. something. Starfield, Hugo brings up, obviously. Yep, yeah, Starfield's a good one. Um, okay, Star's good. Uh, star Citizen? Star Citizen! Excellent, excellent. All right, Drive. Drive. Driver <laughs> San Francisco. Yeah, Test Drive. Unlimited. Is the driver something? The driver. Well, the dri- driver is yeah. Is drive this overall something? series? Like I'm like I'm drive just thinking club, of dri- look. That is something that Sony's been asking for a long time as well. Is is Drive Club something? The answer is yes. We don't Yay. know what it is. Um, overdrive. Mm. Sunset that's overdrive. Something. Nice. Sunset, yeah, sunset yeah, yeah. overdrive. Sunset overdrive. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, the dreepest drive. Cute. Thanks. Hey. Probably a thing. Okay, this next one is going to be brutal. Super. Super Every Mario Super Nintendo Galaxy. Game. Super <laughs> Monkey Ball. <laughs> yeah. We could be here all day. Super Mario Party Street Super Fighter. Right. Ooh, very good, very good. Uh, okay, yeah, Super is infinite. Um, okay, this one, let's treat deadly serious. The competition goes on. Metal. Uh, Sarah, you kick it off. Metal Gear Solid 5. Great. Metal Gear Solid. Okay, Sarah. All the other Metal Gear Solid. Yep, games. Sarah's claimed all of it. Um, I'm gonna go with Metal Arms glitch in the system. Metal Slug. Damn it. Um, Medal of Honor. No, that's well, not. That's metal, not metal. We'll count it. We'll count it. That's we don't, we don't know it is. <laughs> I'll spell. be honest. I only had Metal Slug, yeah. and then I was like, I got nothing after yeah. that. I'm I'm gassed after having Metal Slug. Miss Miriam Webster over here. Um, yeah, you know that's why heavy I have metal? the app. Is heavy metal a game? It's got to be. Twisted metal. No, oh, that's what I was gonna of say. Of course, of course. It's gone now. It's gone now. Metal Wolf Chaos backstage pass brings up. Okay, thank you, thank you, Muffin Crumbs for writing in and testing all of our brain power. Um, uh, what do y'all like for question of the week? That one was fun. I like the betrayals. Like, like judge my sins. <laughs> I like that judge was cool. my sins. I think too. people should write in their gaming sins. Yes. Write in your gaming sins, and yes. we will pass judgment on whether yeah. you yep. will cleanse you of them or not. I love that. All right, Luke Strain, <laughs> congratulations! You just won a vinyl soundtrack from I Am Eight Bit. All right, here we go, everybody. It's time for something we call "Get a Load of This." Now, Janet, because your last second hot swap pressure's off if you don't have anything. But yeah, hey, I don't have one. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, hey, I got one on. from uh, the Wonder of Science 
Twitter account. Get a load of this, everybody. They tweeted out this frickin' thing. You never stop being amazed by planet Earth. It's an amazing octopus stretching its tentacles to form a huge balloon of around 600 meters. Oh, at a depth of around 1,600 meters. Um, have you all seen this? Is, the, is that the octopus in Animal Crossing? Um, no, this looks like a real live octopus. Um, but there's a link below in the description, and it's just a bizarre, messed up looking octopus that then somehow makes a bubble by putting its hands. Have you seen this, Jeffum? No. Okay. Well, oh, Janet. Sounds freakish. Janet, have you seen this? Can I send it to you, and you can react to it, and that'll be your get a little of this. Yeah, it's sure. just the reaction. Okay, great. So just watch it inflate, and then all that fun stuff. But I'm check scared. out link in the description, everybody. Um, okay. Jeffum, you got one. Yeah. Uh, get a load of this. Well. There's a get a load of this, and then there's a meta get a load of this. The get a load of this is there was a popular blockchain game, Axie Infinity, that suffered a $625 million exploit. What? Um, a, bunch of people's, a bunch of people's Ethereum got stolen from it. The meta get a load of this is uh, the website that, this, that, the, that was kind of, it aggregated this story and many other. It's called Web3 is Going Just Great, and it's just a... It collects all these stories about blockchain technology and how it's all a huge scam. But the fun thing about it is that as you scroll through their feed of stories, it has a running total, like a little tally at the bottom with a big, you know, fire emoji next to it. Uh And it just, it aggregates all the amount of money that has just been ripped off of people. And so the feed's a little broken now because it immediately goes to like $625 million. But normally it's fun to just scroll through and see how, like, the amazing graph that is happening uh, in this space. Jesus. Mm -hmm. Good times. That game specifically was being heralded as, like, the great future of, you know, cyber because, um, like, cyber currencies because people were, like, doing it as their full-time jobs. Like, you could make enough money from this game grinding through this game that you could live off of it in some other countries oh my and god people were like this was their livelihood Yeesh. that's insane yeah uh you got one sarah yeah get a load of this uh today dyson announced the dyson zone which is a sound canceling headset that also purifies air that you can breathe in. It is a air purifying headset. It's got two little fans on the side. Uh-uh. And then this little like mask nozzle that goes over oh, wow. your mouth and nose. It doesn't touch them, but it purifies the air. And they're saying it's not an it's been in development for 6 years and it's not an April Fools joke. All so right. please stop saying it's an April Fool's joke because apparently this is very serious. If you, um, like Jeffum, if you lived your life and only breathed air from like Switzerland in 1650 remote lake in, a, in the mountains, you know, versus mm-hmm. you living your life now, do you think you'd live for an extra second? Like, do you think breathing like just like the crispest, best air for your entire life would have any impact or are you still just going to get hit by a bus at age 40? Well, I'm 40 now. So oh no. <laughs> oh no. I'm sorry. The curse of the bus. Wow. Uh, do you think, you think that's a thing? Came out of nowhere. I'm, I mean like, <laughs> get <laughs> <laughs> I 
So it it would be me living in modern times, but o- but only but <laughs> breathing really old air. Is I'm that- just saying hypothetically, like how much does air quality? I understand if, if you, you live in like a super hair, polluted. Air? I mean, poor air. I'm sure it makes a difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Poor yeah. air would significantly affect your health. But like Minneapolis air, which is fine. Minneapolis air is probably fine. Los Angeles. Yeah, we ran into some issues with the fire. Um, yeah, and, Tokyo, and actually, also we ran into pollution issues from China. Right. Like yeah, for like a mini- week, like pollution got blown over Tokyo, and we all had to wear masks. Oh wow. Yeah, Minneapolis air hasn't been that great either. We had yeah, all kinds of warnings true. during the summer. And oh, when Canada and, had those fires. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. And when having a baby, that was like an actual more of a concern. I don't know. How, uh, to your question, I don't know how much of an impact it has, but when you yeah. have a newborn infant it's like i don't want to go out in the poison smog air with yeah my baby. i can't believe I forgot about the poison smog day you know this podcast is long enough we don't need to get hypothetical about air hey janet did you check but out now the- i want to know would you guys leave the vault then and fall out mm. it's kind of the same vibes right it's Does like vault have video games no yeah mm. Does, has cake i think right Sure, but you ate most of it. Uh, well, then to I be fair, would. I don't know that there were video games outside of the vault either, though, in Fallout. <laughs> That's what I, I was going to mention that. But like, you know, but there's like the allure of maybe. Also, I did watch the weird octopus yeah. exploding. I didn't like it. It was weird and upsetting. Okay. Um, and I guess my only get a of this is uh, my marathon medal. Boom. Hey, I ran it. That's why I was go. gone. Last week, I was relaxing from it. Hell yeah. Yay. You can nice. check out the Patreon-exclusive podcast, Party Chat, that uh, debuts every week where we talk about your marathon, when we talk about the Oscars as well. So if you're clamoring for us to talk about a sweet Will Smith slap, uh, we unpack that all as best that we can in that Party Chat episode. Um, Jeff, you got one from the community? Yeah, get a load of this. This is dumb. Okay. Uh, this is from <laughs> Ken O'D. It's a tweet by Rachel Page. Uh which does, I guess it doesn't really have much to do with her, but she says, yes, I absolutely needed Paul Rudd to once again prank Conan with the Mac and me bit, but this time on a podcast with Conan just screaming the whole time, you can't do this on a podcast. Oh, and this is a new episode of Conan Needs a Friend? Yeah. Oh, I haven't listened yeah. to that yet. He, he was on the, the audio-only podcast and legitimately fooled Conan, <laughs> which you'd expect him to not fall for it at this point. <laughs> That's but so did. good. That's excellent. Um, well, hey, thank you everybody for watching or listening to this episode of the podcast, and thank you to everybody who is at the Game Champion tier. Um, not to be confused with the Jane Campion tier, Best Director, uh, but hang on, hold for laughter, <laughs> hold for laughter. Keep holding. Okay, we'll find it somewhere. Anyways, the Game Champion tier, everybody, if you're at the $50 tier at MinMax, you help support us in a big bad way, and you can claim yourself as the champion of any game under the sun. Um, claim any game, and uh, you're going to be not only do we tweet that you're the game champion, we declare you the champion on the podcast, and also you're in the description of every MinMax video and podcast listed as the champion, and there might be a bonus thing as well. Uh, so thank you to Thomas, who chose out of any game under the sun to be the official game champion for Persona 5 Royal. Great choice, Thomas. Great choice. Also, Steve Bamdad declared himself the game champion of Destiny 2 The Witch Queen. So don't even think about it, anybody else, because that one is Steve Bamdad. So add your name to that list, and it'll be running throughout all of April if you jump in soon enough on Patreon. We appreciate it, everybody. Hey, that's a podcast. Good job, crew. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, light hey. applause. How do we normally end these things? Sarah, do you have wise words of wisdom for anybody? No, but I really want to hear other people's gaming sins. Yeah, please write Genuinely those sins. tell me and I will let you know if you're absolved or not. Yep. 
I pass harsh judgment. If the podcast was nothing but gaming sins and missed joke opportunities, psh, that's heaven. <laughs> that's, that's good podcasting, everybody. We'd have a podcast. We'd have yeah. a hell of a podcast. All right. Thank you so much, everybody. Uh, stay tuned uh, for a reveal next week, an announcement from Minmax. So that should be exciting. It's a good, positive thing. So I hope you all enjoy it. Um, but until next time, be good, have fun, let's go. Let's go.